Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sistranino getting you ready for this very special edition of Rob Has a Podcast today because what you are about to hear is something very, very different. For the longest time, I had wanted to do a draft going into one of these returning player seasons. Other people have certainly done them. It seems like it was so fun, but the concern had always been, all right, well, who is going to ultimately end up being spoiled, and we didn't want to say anything about the cast until CBS officially released it. So between myself and Akiba Winokur, we started talking, and we said, what if we record something and put it in the can and then release it when the cast comes out? And so back on June 13th, 2016, in the very early stages of Survivor Game Changers, before anybody had a chance to come back and talk about what was going on, in the game or what happened or who won. The game wasn't even over. We decided to do our very own Survivor Game Changers draft. Now, joining Akiva and I on the podcast, we are going to be joined by the great Survivor blogger, Sarah Channon, and, of course, my friend, two-time Survivor, Shireen Askui, who is going to be here in the studio with me again on June 13th, 2016. Again, a little bit of a warning about what you are about to hear. I would say that the things that are said in this podcast are probably a little bit rougher than what we might normally say on a podcast. Again, that the cast list had just been announced at that point. We had just found out who was officially on this season. And I do think that there's a little bit of the thing where people are never going to hear this. So I think we might have been shooting from the hip a bit more than we might do in a podcast that people are going to be listening to immediately. I would say to any of these Survivor players who might even be listening to this podcast, I think that they can probably identify with that same thing. Just like the things they say in their preseason interviews is a little bit more of the ability to say, hey, nobody's hearing this. And then you realize eight months down the road, oh, those things I said are going to get out there. There's a little bit of that. Not too much, I don't think, in this podcast. So to anybody we may offend during this show, remember, all of these things were said eight months ago, and we've changed all those opinions uh, since that point in time. So no reason to be upset with any of the people on the show. Of course, we have a lot of content on the way. I have a special in-depth game changer expert interview about each of the players coming out this season. I'm going to drop the first one of those coming up on Friday on Rob Has a Podcast. We'll be talking about Zeke Smith and Haley Ford. I'm really happy with the way all of those turned out, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to them. If you want to make sure you don't miss any of the preseason coverage, go to robisawebsite.com slash iTunes. I also had a great podcast with Josh Wiggler where we talked through everything you need to know. He was out there on location talk through everything that Josh found in his personal interactions with all of these survivors. Plus, I also talked to my mom to get her reactions to the cast list, and she had some very interesting observations about people that she knew and didn't know going into this season. Of course, uh, robisawebsite.com slash iTunes. And the only other thing before I throw it back to 2016 is I just got to take a moment and thank a sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And Valentine's Day is right around the corner and books.com has gotten you taken care of because you can be the hero this Valentine's Day, much like Suri and JT were back in season 20, a hero on Valentine's Day when you save 20% by ordering early 
at books.com. Free delivery on weekdays when you register at books.com for farm fresh flowers sourced from sustainable, eco-friendly farms. If you're listening to this a couple of days from now, Books has next day and same day delivery with branded upscale packaging with a note card and craft paper. Books.com, that's B-O-U-Q-S.com, features simple ordering, transparent, some would even say game-changing pricing, no endless upsells, and no additional care and handling fees. They've taken the bait and switch out of buying flowers at books.com with farm fresh flowers from books. So save 20% off your order when you use the promo code Rob at books.com, B-O-U-Q-S.com with promo code Rob. And so without further ado, I will throw it back to June 13th, 2016 for our draft of the Survivor Game Changers. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sisner here with a very special podcast today because we are recording a podcast that you will not be hearing until seven months after we record it. It is our season 34 spoiler-free podcast draft. Woo! Yes. Very excited to introduce you to our drafters here today. Of course, first, here with me in the studio. Very excited to have her here with us today. Shireen. Why, hello there. How are you, Shireen? I'm doing really well. How are you? Yes. Akiva is here. Akiva, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Not here in the studio. Uh, no, that would that would really break uh, break our whole thing. <laughs> that would break the whole thing, but he is here to draft us. And as well as the preeminent survivor blogger of our time, Sarah Freeman is here. Hello. I'm, I'm so excited to be talking at a time when the U.S. election is finally over. <laughs> well, the election has <laughs> been, been over for, for some time. For we don't know how it goes. All right. So we have a lot to get to here today in our season 34 draft. We are going to be drafting the teams of people that have just left for Survivor within like the last 10 days or so. Mm-hmm. The game is in its infancy. Today's date is June 13th, 2016. It is a Monday uh, do we need any other sort of empirical evidence to show what day this is, Shireen? Um, I mean, it's like if it's the supposed to be the Big Brother cast announcement day. Yes. Remember Big Brother 18, the popular reality TV series, Akiva, that what they were supposed to announce. Oh, yeah. Where Derek today. won the second season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so uh, we were supposed to get a cast release today on a very down note. The top news story of the day is uh, the shooting that happened in Orlando over the weekend, just to put a time and a date. Boy, I'm really bringing this podcast down. Yeah, Yeah, We're also very excited for the next episode of Game of Thrones, which is going to be a big battle. Right. We don't even know about all the characters that die in episodes nine and ten. Oh, and also the Tonys were last night. The Tonys were last night. As you can verify all this. Okay. It's June 13th. And Uh, now you'll just have to wait for it. Yeah. So one thirty six (laughs) p.m. on the West Coast and uh, we are ready to go. It's also uh, 72 degrees in the studio. Your time and temperature here on Rob's podcast. Okay, what we need? Get hot, right? Right. Can we get a traffic report, Rob? No, it's not good. It's not good out there. Uh, also, is it possible Rob's podcast is canceled by the time that this is supposed to come on? I was thinking, like, what if uh, our, you know, if I said something offensive on the Seinfeld podcast, then. I'm banned, but like, do you air this now, even hmm. though I've no longer been wow. part of it for like three months? We'll just cut around you. We'll okay. cut around you. All right. So 
That's what we're here to do today. Very excited about this, uh, that we have wanted to do a draft for quite some time. Kiva and I had been talking about this internally since sometime like right before the Survivor season 31 people came home. We're like, oh, there's not enough time. I know Dom and Colin uh, had recently done an auction, which I have not listened to. I'm uh, probably will listen to it very soon. I, I don't want to be spoiled in any way. Uh, I'm very excited to finally do this. Yeah, we have been talking about it for a while, so it's a good thing, uh, you know. Why not do it now when we can't? No one can listen to it for seven months. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So the plan is that when you're hearing this in the time capsule, assuming I make it to January 2017 after they announce the cast officially, we will put this up for you guys to listen to, and hopefully that's what is happening here. Okay. So we have our 20 names here today. For us here in June of 2016, we don't really want to explore the season 33 people, which has already aired in its entirety for you guys who are listening to this. What a so, winner. What a season. Yeah, what a season. <laughs> wow. What a season. Boy, those, those millennials, they really showed us a thing or two. Uh, you know, that was so long ago. Those millennials are now all Generation Xers. That's how long oh ago in the past yes. this podcast is. But we are going to refer to our characters here today as season 33 male and season 33 female who are going to be into the draft. And otherwise, I think that all bets are off, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about whatever. Uh, well, the bet is on. We should actually talk about what we're betting. Oh, the stakes? <laughs> the stakes. Yes. I'm yes. down with this. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. What kind of stakes could we possibly have? I mean, Shireen uh, does uh, make good on a bet. She once uh, lost a stuffed animal monkey to me on a bet. It's true. I don't mess around, guys. Yes. Yes. Okay. I was not warned of this before I agreed to this podcast. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we can work on the stakes. Unless anybody has an inspired idea right away. We should, let's get, let's, you know, enough of this foreplay. Let's start to get into talking about Ooh. this draft and our scoring system. Because uh, we're trying to, you know, make it pretty straightforward. We're not going to get involved with immunities and immunity idols. Okay, there's a couple things we're looking for in this draft. We're looking for big characters and a big game. That's what we want to see here today, Shereen. Can you set up the rules, the scoring system? Yeah, I'm actually I'm really excited about this because I think often when you do a, a, a draft for Survivor, like you're you're mainly focused on a winner pick, and and therefore you're trying to find like the least offensive person possible, which ends up you know, leading to some boring picks. But because we're going for big character, because we're going for big game, we're going high risk, high reward. We're going to award 10 points for a winner. Boom. And and, uh, and even more exciting, I think, is we're looking um, on an episode to episode basis. Any player who gets five or more confessionals gets a point for that episode. You get no point just for advancing. You get no point for making it to the jury. No bumps on a log are getting points in this, unless you're just a bump on a log and make it to the final three, because we'll also award three points for second place and two points for third place. So you can just shut up, get to the end, don't offend anybody and get no votes. You'll get two points. That's it. And the only penalty we're doling out is for the first boot. Yes. We are giving or taking away three points if you if you draft the first boot onto your team. A minus three booby prize for the person who is the first boot of Survivor 34. Keith, how does that sound to you? Sounds good. Sounds straightforward. Sarah, what do you think? As as a blogger, does this make sense to you? I'll roll with it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Very little makes sense to me, but I, I, I'm used to dealing. So we will have each person make a pick and then we'll discuss the pick after it happens. We drew numbers before the show. I always wanted to say that. And uh, our draft order will be uh, Kiva has the first pick. I have the second pick. Sarah has the third pick. 
and Shireen has the fourth pick. Uh, Akiva had some sort of random number generator that uh, conveniently put him at first and fate conveniently <laughs> random <laughs> random.org i highly recommend that if you want to be the first person in the draft it was a very uh, misogynist numbers generator that's what yes. the, the website he got recommended to him <laughs> are we going with alliances here rob like because you know i'm first you're second can we do an all-male alliance <laughs> if you like, want to I, I mean we can't split the prize what about Sa- like sarah and i could be like the people who weren't uh, on Survivor, who did way worse. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, I mean, it's, it's all on the table. So that, or or we could do. You know, I know the season just happened, so it's probably it's been done. But what about uh, Millennials versus Gen X, and it's me and Shireen? Okay, fair enough. Whatever you whatever you want to do, Kiva. <laughs> that's that's up to you, Shireen. Are we are we Millennials? We actually we should settle this. I ride because... the line because I'm 33, and I yeah we're the I same age. I just te- okay, yeah. So yeah. then, I, but I also work in tech. I don't. Yeah. So didn't you used know. to be Generation Y before yeah. the millennials? Yeah, was that's invented? that's what I thought that I yeah. was. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We'll ha- we'll have the answer to all these questions by the time we get to Survivor season thirty three. We're going to watch season thirty three <laughs> to be fully educated. <laughs> yes, we, so get, we are behind. It'll all make so much more sense then. Okay. A uh, couple <laughs> other wrinkles with the draft order. This will be a snake draft. So Shireen will pick fourth and then also pick fifth, uh, and so on and so forth. And then the final round of the draft uh, will be a reverse order to ensure that Kiva with the first pick will also have the twentieth pick. Overall, so you will be left with who's ever last on the board. I agreed to that rule before we did the draft order, so maybe we should reconsider now. Like a second, <laughs> no, no, a no, second no. randomizing for seventeen to twenty. Okay, all right. So, Akiva, without further ado, you have the floor. The card is in. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do hate when like the teams have six months to make a pick and then they spend all fifteen minutes. Yes, but all right. So I won't do that. I I think it's pretty clear uh, who has the most equity to win this <gasps> season. There's. <laughs> I'm just so worried. <laughs> well, you want to tell me, Shereen, Do you want to work at a deal for a trade? We could do that, I right? We well, trade. I don't know even. I don't know what trading? direction you're even going in. Like I don't know. Wait, I just so feel I like have, you're going to take my I have the pick. first pick. I have the eighth pick, but I don't want the twentieth, Shereen. Mm-hmm. So do you want to work at a deal where <laughs> I get your fourth and fifth or something? I'm all for deals, but not for right now. Yeah. I got to see where this is going. Okay, you're fine. Overestimating the attention span of the audience, Akiva. No, they want to see a trade happen. I feel like trades me- this me- is exciting. Me- means rating. They've waited seven months for this. You're on the Rob clock. just doesn't want to have to like take his chart and then start scribbling like an arrow to a Kiva Points, from right. 20 to 17. It's more work for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, from uh, from Survivor Token Chains and Hero vs. Villains. I'm going to pick JT Thomas. Okay. JT Thomas. Interesting pick to start. Yes. Okay. Shireen is cheering. <laughs> Sarah, what's your reaction? I thought that was what would who would go first. That was my prediction, and so I'm I'm comfortable with that. I had him high <laughs> on my draft board, uh, but not at number one. Okay, Keith, talk us through why JT is your number one pick in this draft. I think after the 18th Survivor, we were talking about JT in reverent terms, like this is the best player of all time. You know, he's he's really you know maybe number one, and then between his you know insane gaff two seasons later. <laughs> And, you know, maybe uh, just, you know, absence of, of not seeing him for a while and maybe having new elite players like Kim Spradlin, who has taken over maybe the universally acclaimed, like, greatest of all time mantle. I think that we've forgotten just how great JT is. I don't see JT being a bit like when you look at, at, the, at this cast, whatever you think of it. And, you know, we could discuss like what we think the theme is. We'd have no idea at this point. You probably know if there is or isn't a theme by the time you're listening to this. But we don't you know, there's no. They're, they're just even whether you like the cast or hate the cast. There's a lot of big targets out there. Day one, the Brad Culpeppers. We just saw Jeff Varner look really sneaky. 
Malcolms and Ozzy's and Tony's and 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 Sandra's won twice. And even though JT's a winner, I just don't see he's for, that he's first on anybody's hit list. So I think he easily sneaks through to the merge, and he's not your typical like you know merge boot. I do. He's so likable. Who's beating him? In you know, and again, I don't know what's happened in the last six years. We're assuming that this is the same very likable JT. Maybe his charms at twenty four are not the same at thirty one. You know, maybe he's maybe it's you know. Uh, I don't know. We don't. We don't. I have no idea. I guess Stephen Fishback would know, but he's not in this draft. Like, okay. I, but uh, to me, it's uh, it's a no brainer that he has the most equity to win. If they played this ten thousand times, he'd win more than the other nineteen people. Shireen is uh, making a lot of faces as you're talking, Akiva. <laughs> so let's go for the counterpoint. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like unquestionably JT has one of the best social games of all time. People loved him. You know, like in Token Sheens, people were giving confessional about how they wanted. JT to win over them. They wanted to give the crown to him. And yet I think what we saw in heroes versus villains was we saw him try to be strategic, which is real where he's really lacking. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's the brightest game wise. I think he's always ridden on his charisma and, you know, and, and athleticism and these things that, you know, do seem, you know, he, and he is somewhat inoffensive in that way. He does seem to get along with everyone. And I think that that is good for a returning season at the same time. I just don't think he has the strategic chops to make it. Yeah, the interesting point here, I think, with JT and maybe the narrative is going to unfold of that we saw that JT didn't have a Steven in season 20. Uh, and we saw that Steven didn't have JT in, se- in season 31. Who is JT Steven? I have another rebuttal to what Akiva was saying. Because that was Akiva's sort of reaction was my reaction to JT, and I had him as a winner pick, like in the immediate aftermath of the cast. And then I noticed everybody else was saying the same thing on Twitter. And I'm thinking, if if we're all noticing this about JT and he's standing out to us, yeah. he's going to be standing out to the players out there. So I don't think he's as under the radar as we initially thought he would be. And not only that, but if people are assessing aligning with him, they're going to think of him as the guy who gave away an idol like and, and unilaterally made that decision on behalf of his alliance, which lost the heroes the game. See, I think you're really overrepresenting how much these players know the scope of Survivor history. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Right. Like, I don't think that you know, Beast Mode Cowboy right. is sitting there with Ty talking about yeah. like, hey, but you remember back in Heroes versus Villains, what I happened? Uh, I, I yeah. just counted five people who saw that season. And right. Like, a few of them were there. I think the only other thing for me, and I had JT very high on my board. I had him at number three is how does JT versus Suri play out and are they on a tribe together does she have a vendetta against him does he have a vendetta yeah. against her for whatever reason so i think that i think they have to separate how much them, are these yeah. people going to be able to uh, play nice with each other and is he a target for her early yeah. on i don't know is there if there's any chance that this is a heroes versus villain season and we have no reason to believe that it is but if it is a heroes villain season and it's just one guess out of a million they're for sure on the same tribe, right? Because there's no way JT's a villain and there's no way Suri's a villain. I kind of think it's no way it's heroes versus villains, but uh, sure, let's... let's, <laughs> let's, just, let's. This, is, this is all redundant yeah. by January yeah. anyway. We have, we have we so give, us, give everyone chances to laugh at us. That's what we're yes. doing right now. <laughs> this is true, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that is uh, JT at number one. Okay, interesting spot for me here with the second pick overall. But at the point where now we're talking about... We have points for winning, but also five plus points for screen time. I can't resist taking this person who's on the board. Give me Team TV. No. I have to take Tony 
the number one person on my draft board. Yes, okay. I mean, Tony, certainly the game skills are there. We saw that. Was that a fluke? Was it not? We'll find out, I guess, after this. But I feel like that I'm sort of like wrapping my head around where we saw in an all-star season in season 31, I felt like that Jeremy's greatest attribute was that he made people at ease and made people feel comfortable. Tony, I think that he might be able to put some people at ease, but I think that just his presence is going to put everybody on edge. But will enough people be able to agree on like, you you know, you you figure he's going to find an idol pretty early on. Okay, now we have to split the votes against Tony. Do you want to risk that? He's in people's ears, getting people to flip around. So I feel like he has a legitimate shot to move along and he's very charming i think to people in real life but also he has all of those points coming to him from all those confessionals certainly yes. has first boot uh upside i mean that, that's their downside that's definitely there but i can't ha- be in a draft and tony's on the board and not take him and live with my and be able to sleep for the next seven months yeah he was he was my top pick yeah uh because the thing really? is even even though he does have high first boot potential He's unquestionably going to be a big character again. He's mm-hmm. the biggest character on this list, I think. I think so. Sarah, do you have a take on Tony? Oh, I was very tempted to draft him. I wasn't going to draft him in the first round, though. But yeah, I, I had him in a blogger league in Cagayan, and I, I won by a landslide. <laughs> I had him and Cass, and nobody was anywhere close to me. <laughs> so, Akiva, do you have strong thoughts on Tony going this early in the draft? Yeah, first of all, your obsession with Tony is getting a little creepy. Like, you weren't this excited to have Steven back on the show. <laughs> well, because I like having Steven with me to podcast. I'm this That's excited. That's true. I guess that, like, that actually negatively affected your life. Well, positively. Yes. I know how good it was. Again, maybe it's like I look at everything through the lens of podcasting. I know that podcasting Kageyan was probably my favorite season to podcast about. So that's why I'm so excited to see Tony back out there. So I'm, I'm right there in that boat with yes. you. As a, as a fan, yeah. I am just Team TV. So good. I mean, he could be calling out Steven for having uh, poop on his spectacles again. Yeah. It's just, uh, you should get points for that. Any, any sort of feud with the podcast on social media, I think, is a point also. But then, no, because you, you can provoke one then. Yeah. That's... That that's not uh, that was uh, great. That subjective. was great. So I mean, Tony's <laughs> going to be so much fun, and he's going to be out there. Are you nervous about Sarah Lucina though? <sighs> I am nervous uh, about it, certainly. But I, I feel like that in the battle for the hearts and minds of the season thirty-four cast, I'll put my chances with Tony winning out that disagreement do you agree that one of them may go like if, Sir, if they're certainly. anywhere near each Sir, other it's certain look there there is a non-zero possibility tony is the first boot of the season and part of that could be sarah saying like you have to get rid of this guy i trusted this guy mm-hmm. uh cops are us um my my you know what i think that there's a, definitely that real possibility but i'm going to say that tony has gotten out of worse jams than that and that's why i am taking tony with the number two pick overall all right sarah you have the number three pick overall. I know. I had two top people and they're both still in it. So now I'm trying to second guess who Shireen will pick. First world problem. <laughs> I know. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with my heart, my wishful thinking. I'm going to take Sari. Serene goes number three off the board to Sarah. Mm-hmm. Talk it through. Why is Sari going to win this time? I mean, I would have said Sari can't come back and win. But then I looked at this cast and it's like everybody I feel can't win. So, so, okay. So who is the, it has the smallest problems and Suri, 
Her big problem is that she's got, there's a lot of people on there. It's going to be about, oh, let's keep the tribe strong. Let's keep the tribe, tribe strong. But there's also a lot of people who she can work with. Um, it's like she'll, like Caleb and Ty and Jeff are all people I can see her getting. She's got every woman under 40 I think she can win over. So I think she has actually got what got a, enough of a, depending on what the tribe distribution is, I think she's got a good chance of being able to win over a majority of her tribe and get herself into that um, nice cosy spot and maybe throw out a few alpha males if she has to and who knows maybe she can just pull it off again she's so very good at this and it's been long enough now that hopefully her threat will have ebbed but yeah a lot of this is wishful thinking I'm Siri was my uh, first season I watched was Exile Island Siri is the reason I watch and blog Survivor so I'm going with her Shireen are you bullish on Siri I think uh, she I definitely think she's uh, got winner potential, but my problem with her is she gets really fixated on a particular like vote. So, for example, the second time she played, she was so fixated on Yao Man that she really stood out. Mm-hmm. And then when she was in Heroes Villains, I think she was really just stubborn about going certain ways. And then can she fix that? It's fixable. I don't know if she has learned that about her game and will fix it. And the other thing is that I know that she like publicly doesn't like Sandra and has publicly feuded with Sandra. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. Apparently after Heroes Villains, Sari went around saying that Russell should have won, that he's the best player to ever play. Oh. And that Sandra did not deserve to win. The best player who ever played? Russell? I believe so. That's right. Sari. What? Oh, I'm going off Serena. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. That's too late, Sarah. You made that no, I'm pick. I'm sticking with my pick. I'm sticking with my oh, pick. Oh, Sarah, known that she never would have started watching Survivor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Or at least blogging about it. So this is very interesting. I didn't know about this. So Sari versus Sandra feud. I mean, I do feel like with Sari, if she is there at the end of the season, I kind of feel like that that is a feel good story for this jury to be able to tell themselves, okay, all right, Sari can win this all star season of Survivor. I'm fine with Sari being the winner of my season. So I feel like she has that going for her, but I feel like it's an uphill climb for her in the pre-merge. And I think that potentially she could be definitely seen as somebody. You have JT, who was the orchestrator of her ouster in the last time she played. And like, I kind of feel like that he has more influence uh, early on than she does. So I'm worried about Suri. If she's around. It's a target as well, I think. So we'll see. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope she can pull this one out. Cross your fingers. Uh, I had her number five on my board. So she was up there for me. Yeah. But she goes number three. I don't think there's any way that Sandra and Suri are on the same tribe at the beginning. So my fear for her being targeted by Sandra isn't going to happen until at least the swap Mm -hmm. Um, because they're clearly the two, the two worst tier of challenges. Uh, They're the two oldest females. They're, you know, so they're, they're going to be on different tribes, even in my fake heroes, villains thing. One's a hero, one's a villain. But to me, Suri is, was so bad at challenges, you know, a million years ago. How is 45 year old Suri? Like if she's on a tribe that loses the first couple of times, do they just cut bait because, you know, the, you know, she's just the yeah. easiest person, you know, and yeah. she could easily could be the cause of them losing a challenge. Uh, yeah, I think that's the big problem for her. I did think she looked pretty svelte on the recent show. We saw the Survivor Prices Right. Yeah, which aired good. just two weeks ago for us and like nine years ago for you guys. 
<laughs> she did look fit. And I don't I don't remember her being that bad at challenges. I remember her actually getting lucky with like a lot strong. of strength challenges yeah. and being really good at yeah, strength ones. Wrestling stuff she's great at. They don't she, do she that stuff anymore. No. She played in the middle ages of Survivor where you had a lot of strength based challenges. Um, they need to bring those back. Okay, well, that's a different great. conversation, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. is not happening in Survivor mid 30s. Third Survivor 30 somethings. Yeah. Right. How do you know? It might all be <laughs> maybe different. It's back. Maybe, maybe it's yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> Millennials brought it back. Okay. All right. Shireen, this is the first of two picks in a row for you now. The oh, catbird seat. Two in a row. Yes. That's actually really exciting for me. And in that case, I think I will go for one of my winner picks and one of my characters. All right. Because I've got two different buckets that I'm operating on here. So. Pregnant pause. <laughs> my first pick is going to be S33 male. Wow. S33 oh. male. Wow. Hold everything. We're talking Rupert, Russell, Malcolm, and now S33 male. Mm. Unknown quantity brought back without even letting America see him. They know ahead of time he's going to be huge. Mm -hmm. This guy's going to be huge. And I'm taking that risk. Is that a Tony uh, (laughs) shout out? (laughs) A little bit. No. (laughs) Accidental Tony shout out. Okay. Sorry. Okay. This is huge. All right. So, wow. This is a stunner. I had season 33 male at number 17 on my draft board. The interesting thing here for me is you have Malcolm, who was unidentified season 25 male at one point in his own life. Yep. Uh, Nobody got rid of him. I wonder if he says, boy, uh, we got to get rid of this guy. You have people who played with unidentified season 19 male in Russell, like Sandra. Yep. Keeve, do you feel like that season 33 male is going into a good spot here? I mean, he's going to promise them up and down that he's just there because, you know, he'll come up with whatever convenient reason he has. Like, I was just, I gave really good confessionals and I went out 11th and, you know, I don't know what they'll allow him to tell. You know, everyone has a different story and and it changes every time they speak for what the, you know, the Malcolms and the Russells were allowed to tell their fellow castmates. Just in terms of the season 33 male and the season 33 female, like, it's, I've been thinking a lot, like, it's super interesting, you know, did they bring back a winner? I, I, I just have to, like, part of me just thinks, like, there's no way they would have done that, you know, fearing that people would have been so mad that they're, like, spoiling the season, even though they're not, because, again, we're just speculating, we have no idea, but, like... Who would be mad? Those other players? No, the, that the fans would be like, oh, you spoiled both, oh. se- you know, you spoiled 30, 33 with 34. I don't know if we thought that about Malcolm during Philippines. I felt like you felt like, OK, mm-hmm. Malcolm's going to go far. But I don't know if it was spoiled that Malcolm was the winner because he right, was but coming But this back. is a season that has this is a season that has winners on it, which that one did not. Right. So I feel like it's uh, this spoily. one has an odd number of winners on it, which is a little strange. You know, then you have there's two of them. So it, it's I think it's very possible that one of them was like a big character that's like a merge boot or like a Varner where, you know, tons of camera time early and then gets booted and like, oh, that's good to have him back. You know, so I do think that there's a good sh- I'd say one of them will for sure be gone by the merge episode, you know, no later than that. The problem is if of one is done early of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of of of, uh, of 33. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So you're predicting I'm talking that about 33. Yeah, I'm sort of yeah, he's predicting that they're like a huge like a Debbie merge okay, big character. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to speculate like why they're here and how they did. Yeah. And then yeah. and then yes. But listen, they, let it, let them make fun of us. This is yeah, no, this is great. And then but the problem is if like season 33 male is like the third or fourth boot, you know season 33 female 
is at least like top five. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so this I, is again, why I don't want to find out their name. Sure. It's purely speculative. I know nothing. I'm seeing his face now uh, for the first time on uh, on the website that that's listing all 20 of these names. I know nothing about him. So uh, interesting pick, Rob. Okay. I mean, Shireen. <laughs> and Sarah, do you like the pick? Did you have the season 33 mail this high? No, I'm thinking uh, like people... I know historically back-to-back players have gone far because other people are the bigger targets, but I think there's there's three people here from Heroes versus Villains who experienced Russell to an extent, and then you've got Malcolm who obviously feels that he went was underestimated, and Andrea may have that opinion as well. So I think there's going to be more awareness now, more wariness of, oh, who are these people? Why are they back? And I do think there's a good chance this is a, this is the season that breaks the trend of the back-to-back players going far. I think one or maybe both of them will be out early. Yeah. I think there are so many feuds on this cast. There's so many big personalities, contentious people that could not, go either way. That, yeah, it could go either way, like yeah. not knowing him. But I like what you're saying about the confessional count of this yeah. person has to be a character if they're bringing them back sight unseen. Yeah. So they do have that sort of upside. Yep. We'll see. All right. Shireen, pick number five, your second pick. My second pick is more of a winner pick. Malcolm. Malcolm. Oh, <laughs> that's what I wanted to get for. Boy, I had him at number four on my draft board. Uh, Malcolm is a triple threat. Somebody who can win in the challenges, has a good social game, has a good strategic mind for the yep. game. He went very far the first time, got less far the second time. Why do you feel like that this is going to be different for Malcolm 3.0? When, when I take a step back and look at this cast as a whole, he reminds me of the Jeremy of the, of this cast. He's the, he's probably the most calm person on this list. He's probably the most likable person. And he's also the person I think most likely to, to really truly be willing to work with everybody. It's like, it's something that always blows my mind, but you have, you know, most players go in and are only willing to work with one type of person or, you know, like a, a set type of person, not Malcolm. Mm-hmm. He was really, really good in the Philippines. Really yep. Could have won that season. He probably could have gone very far in Caramoan if yep. not for a few of his different allies, mm-hmm. multiple allies of his, <laughs> all made bad mistakes. Yep. So interesting for in terms of how Malcolm could have done. Would love to see Malk go far. Keith, you got a strong feeling on Malk? Yeah, I, I think, you know, he finds an idol on day two. I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, unless it's so hard for Malcolm to fly under the radar. And I am very interested to see if there is some sort of Malcolm versus Ozzy component, if they end up being, you know, rivals or, or alliance mates, you know, if they work Mm -hmm. together, I think Malcolm's a great bet to do well in this scoring system because he's going to get a lot of confessionals as long as he's there. Uh, And he's a great bet to finish in like seventh or something. So he's a good pick, but I don't think he has a ton of winner equity. The Andrea thing is interesting, too, if that could potentially blow up in terms of who's gunning for Malcolm. But I don't get the sense that Andrea is uh, probably has an eye on him in terms of like uh, is watching out for him. But I don't know if she necessarily is. I, I don't know what the status of that relationship is in terms of like, is she out to get him or is she an ally of his? Right. And I mean, I would actually assume that because they they played long enough ago and didn't have a contentious all that contentious of a relationship back then they had like a fun mm. sort of enmity at the time i actually yeah. think that they've probably grown a lot closer now and that i actually think that i think that 
they might actually really trust each other in a right. way that they won't other people because they don't know anybody else as well as they probably know each other. And interesting that you have uh, a former Mr. Survivor and Miss Survivor uh, out there and they could have that bond. That, Very seemed to read, that worked out for people last season. Right? <laughs> season 31, yeah. right? Yeah. Top top four was all, was it top four? Top. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was probably, that was what bonded uh, all, so many people. You know, your Spencer, your Tasha, your Kelly and Jeremy is just like uh, the campaigning together. Yeah. Yes, that was it. <laughs> um, for me, Malcolm's, I, I, I know Keep just didn't have enough winner equity, but I, I sort of see him about the parallel with JT. And since JT's been getting a lot of attention among the fan base, I'm thinking, well, maybe at Malcolm is the under the radar JT. And so perhaps yeah. he's actually got the winner equity there. I don't see him as an Aussie type. I see him closer to JT when you're talking about the type of player. That's right, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But do you think uh, that... A, and strategically minded. Closer to JT is a good thing or a bad thing, Sarah? Because just to give you a, a little window into how I see the season, like I kind of feel like a lot of these bro guys are going to work with one another rather than target one another. That was Malcolm's strategy in Karamoan. He's like, hey, I know that they wanted to get rid of me because I could win the challenges in Philippines. So let me partner up with Eddie and with Reynolds and try to build an alliance and try to get Eric with us also. Right, the meat shields. But I'm thinking of the what worked for Jeremy Collins, which was, you know, all these, you had all these meat shields with an old fashioned, we're going to keep this tribe strong and we're we're all going to look out for each other and protect each other Mm -hmm. and deep into the merge. I, I think there you're looking for the one who is going to be the less objectionable, yep. the more yep. laid back. And that is the JT and the Malcolm. Yeah, because Malcolm, so, even though he can hang with the bros, he's not like always super broy himself. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's like he's the Jeremy of this season. He's he can put all these objectionable bros all around him that'll get him to the merge. And then everyone will want to pick all of them off and everyone will feel really close to Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got that snarky side which so he can bond with a Sandra or a Vana, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. He could get along with anybody. You put him yeah. with yeah. a nerdy guy, he can get along with a yeah. nerdy guy. You put him with a jock, he can get along with a jock. He can get along with the women. He can get along with the moms. He can get along with the uh, y- the younger women. So I think that Malcolm really has a excellent social game. Yep. As long as people aren't targeting him, I think he will go far. All right, Sarah, you have the sixth pick overall. Okay, so... I just lost Malcolm. So, who am I? Okay, I'm going to go for the, my. I have like a top tier of people I think are most likely to win. And this is the third one in that one who is not, I don't think, going to get a lot of confessionals. But I'm going to go with Haley Ford. Haley Ford. Oh my God. So, I think she's very smart. She's not a very splashy player. I'm a bit worried about her alliance management skills, but, you know, there's so many big personalities this season. And, of course, she has her own infamous rules, and that could take her far, I think. Don't be a weirdo. Don't be annoying. Don't be inconsiderate. You'll do okay. <laughs> yeah, if she can live by that. I was hoping you had that one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, Shireen, yeah. we need the scouting report. Haley yes. Ford, I've uh, been dying to hear what you think about this. Yeah. How can she do second time around? Uh, Sarah, congratulations on your FTC pick. Yes. (laughs) I think people probably know the least about Haley. They're going to be the least threatened by her. She is a really kind person Mm -hmm. and she's pretty, you know, she's inoffensive and pretty chill. And and I think everybody's going to want to work with her and, and take her. I don't like, I don't think she's ever top of the list to take out ever. And she's good at challenges too. So, um, but the, the, the thing about her, so I think, I think she's going to go far. I think 
I don't know if she can win, uh, but mm. I think she's going to go really far. My only con for her is that um, is a social game. Actually, she's like, and you may you may have noticed it. She's really what I love about her. Is she's so quirky. She had these great lines about you know America being the greatest flipper of all time, <laughs> and um, and but like that. There's something about that that oddness about her that actually creates a little bit of a distance between her and others where others don't get her mm-hmm. and you really have to invest a lot to get to know her well and feel like you're friends and I think that that little bit of a wall in a season like this could prevent her from a win alright Keeve okay. is the trope of the person who barely should be on this cast with all due respect to the great uh, Haley Ford and her accomplishments on Survivor. <laughs> is that a thing that people still say when they get to the beach? Oh, there's the winner. She'll win. She'll win. We have to watch out for her. Or is that still a Survivor truism? I mean, I think it was true for the first few returning player seasons. And you were certainly leading that brigade going into the, in, into Cambodia. Yes. But one yes. of the biggest threats won that season. So, no, And yet, but Kelly Wentworth yeah. almost won that season. And she was yes. that person. Yeah, I was fixated on Monica. I thought Monica was going to be that Haley person. Ford, Haley Ford is not that person. The is Sierra Don, Don Thomas oh, yeah. is, is the person you're <laughs> well, okay, talking about. Okay, so here's the other thing that I forgot to say about Haley, and same same goes with Sierra, although they're very different players. Haley does not know the game well at all. Mm-hmm. And I was so, going to ask that. And it says she, you know, has like, she's almost never watched the show and I think, you know, you might hear otherwise, but you'll hear it from me first. She does not know the show. She does. She hasn't watched. She hasn't. Do you think she hasn't watched even since she's been on? Like she didn't check out this season just to brush up. I can't imagine that she actually watched this last season. I'm sure she, I think mm-hmm. she, she's really, she, I think she really only knows season 30. And, and I think what she doesn't know also is I don't think she realizes just how much of an anomaly season 30 was. And so mm. I think, um, I think her downside also is, is yeah, like lack of understanding of the game. But I don't, I don't think she needs it that much. I think for the game that she's going to play and for the game and for the way other people are going to play with her, I don't think she needs to be this super strategic. You know, what's really interesting, Rob, also like, but because uh, Shireen's last season was so out in the open, pre-gaming was, was basically done in front of the fans. And we sort of like Mm. almost knew, plus, you know, you had the Shane Powers dynamic where he was sort of telling people what was going on once he wasn't voted on. Here we have no idea, right? We, we literally, have, unless you know the players personally, like you have no idea who is pre-gaming hard. You know, I could see some of these players like not even knowing that that's a thing. You know, I, I can't see like some of the, I could see, you know, Tony being aggressive. I could see Haley Ford like not answering her phone calls. We really don't know how, like that's always been a dynamic in returning player seasons, but we have no clue how that's going to play out, right? Yeah, it's very interesting. Shireen, in terms of Haley being on this cast list, uh, when you played in season 30, what would you say from a scale of one to 10 when you walked away from season 30, you thought, okay, Haley is a returning player? Three? Three. Okay. (laughs) And I assume Sierra's a one? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm more. Sh- I'm way more shocked about Sierra than about Haley because the thing is with Haley, like I said, like Haley has these amazing one-liners. She's really funny. She's really quirky, and she's a smart girl. So I could see why they'd bring her back as like the you know get, like the how they gave Parvati another shot kind mm-hmm. of a thing. They're giving Haley another shot. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll see what she can do with it. Really uh, playing for I think that uh, final tribal council points. I I don't have her much higher than this on my board. I thought that she's somebody who certainly 
could be innocuous enough that nobody's gunning for her, but I can't imagine how many five plus confessional episodes she's getting. No, I don't think I'm going to get points there, but I'm I'm just hoping she's got that winner upside. Okay. But, Even right. in her season, she was better on the deleted scenes than on the show. <laughs> like the, the clip you played is from a deleted scene, right? It's not from the show. Yeah, it's a secret scene. You're right. That's right. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Okay. Oh, look at this. I'm back. I'm back here at number seven overall. And I'm so, I'm so excited about my number two person on my draft board who has fallen all the way down to me at number seven. And I took a winner with Tony with the second pick. Oh, no. No. And, and here. Can we make a trade? <laughs> with, the number, <laughs> with the number seven pick overall, give me. Sandra Diaz Twine, <gasps> the SDT that I want on my board. You are playing a dangerous game. Okay, look, whether or not, look, first off, you have the only two-time winner who's here for yeah. a third time. I think that Sandra is in a situation where she could thrive. Because I think that try to make the case like it's day one and it's like, hey, everybody, let's vote off Sandra. She's won twice. It's like, okay, but there's always going to be somebody more annoying than her at the start of the game. And we talked about like, oh, is she gunning for for Suri to start off? No, that's not what Sandra does. It's somebody is gunning for somebody. And Sandra's like, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Let's let's go for this person. And so unless she's on a tribe that gets off to a losing streak where it's like, hey, we need to win, y'all. Uh, I just want to win. Uh, let's start voting off people who are weak. Uh, who are you impersonating right there? That was James. Okay, <laughs> that was James. <laughs> uh, but barring that scenario. Can you do it in a Brad Culpepper voice, please? <laughs> no. I mean, that look, that could happen. That, that is a, there's a oh, non-zero chance that that could happen. But I feel like that Sandra has that. For, and also that you're going to get a lot of Sandra confessionals. I mean, you, you didn't yes. bring Sandra back to not get Sandra confessionals of her. What is it like being the only two time winner? I don't know about that. Uh, so I think that she's around, especially after the merge. I mean, who's coming after her? We've seen it happen twice before. I think that there is a actual chance, especially in an all-star season. If she was playing against all new players, I would think there was a very small chance, but she's done the hard part. She's won in the season where nobody knew her. And now there's always going to be these bigger personalities that are around here. And especially, Especially with Tony, because that she the formula for Sandra is to have somebody who is a major pain in the ass with her. And she had it with Johnny Fairplay the whole time around and she could get into fights with Johnny Fairplay and people would look at her as sort of like the good guy in that in that battle. And she certainly had it with Russell. Can't you just see Tony is like talking llama to her and she's like, uh, you know, telling Tony that uh, she doesn't care, but she's not afraid of him. And I feel like that it could be a compelling dynamic which i think that she could be the cast to tony uh this time around and i feel like that she could have longevity a shot to win and confessional so give me sandra i did not realize until this moment how much i want the sandra tony feud yeah that is going to be phenomenal i, I pray they're on the same tribe oh yeah <laughs> this has to happen now it'll be, it'll be so terrible good. for rob's team Yes. Yes. And so I think that, look, uh, we're team TV. We're all about good TV. And uh, Sandra versus Tony is going to be good TV. Yep. I think think that for me, the I agree with everything that you say, but I want to highlight something a little bit more, which is that she had the privilege both times she played of not having to go to the first couple of tribals. That's true. And as a as a weaker woman at challenges, 
that's like, you know, a blessing from the stars. Yes. I mean, you could have seen Sandra go out as the last vote before the merge in Heroes vs. Films. You could have flipped a coin. It was either going to be her or Courtney that went out. They said, we have two women who aren't good in challenges. Let's vote one out. For whatever reason, they voted out Courtney instead of Sandra. Sandra could have gone out in that in that exact spot, and she would have been lucky to have gotten that far. But hypothetically, you know, she could be on the tribe, you know, with, with you know, Ozzy and, and Malcolm or whatever. She could just be on a tribe that hopefully ends up not going to tribal council too much. We'll see. But again, we you know, we're playing in the, in the Survivor mid-30s. If we have a season that is constructed like the season 31 construct, where we have a big tribe of 10 and then we go down to tribes of six. That's a bad spot for Sandra. That's that, yeah. that six person tribe. If they, if she's on the anchor of that season, mm-hmm. uh, she certainly could be a person who goes out in those like third, fourth, fifth boot spots. Yep. It's exactly why Varner went home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I- she hasn't played in that construct. Played in an eight-person tribe and a ten-person tribe, but if she goes down to a six-person tribe and she really has to carry her weight and challenge, could be a problem for Sandra. That's why she's number seven on the board. She goes I, to number I seven. I think for me, there are too many players who are just go- going to start talking about: Do we really want to let her get far again? Do we really want to risk that she'll somehow wind up uh, at the end again? And we we've got to live with the indignity of Sandra being a three-time winner on our season. You know, this is, this is what the Brad Culpepper's and the Aussies and the Troisans are going to be saying. Um, and I. That's what worries me that she may get raised even even for a first boot on her tribe. I think her name might get raised and then be seen as an easy vote by other players. Yeah. So that's it, kind of my thing. The other thing is, do you think people would actually vote for her to win a third time? Yeah, I think. That, I think so. Yeah, I think if she like, gets to the end. Absolutely. People don't vote for a winner based on like facets of their life. They vote based on their like emotions in that moment for the people. I mean, she's great with the jury. So. Yeah. She's got to get to the end with Tony. <laughs> yeah. So good. Oh, Tony Cass final tribal. No, Tony, sorry. Tony Sandra final tribal council. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Tony uh, Cass also would have been wonderful. It would have been very fun. Okay. All right. So that's Sandra. Keeve, you have back-to-back picks here at eight and nine. Yeah, the next six people on my board are all women. I think we're going to be in a huge... We just had Haley and Sandra. I think we're going to have a huge women run now if you look at... Uh, you know, the, the male cast gets pretty villain-heavy soon, so it would shock me if anybody picked a male for a while. Um, okay. I'm going to start off with my eighth pick. I'm going to pick a person who I was very surprised to see on the season, uh, Andrea Belke. Andrea, okay. I have Andrea lower on my list. I'm interested to know why you feel like Andrea. Are you picking her for winner upside or are you picking her for confessional upside? I think she has confessional upside as like a buffer, but I think she has real winner upside. I have made Andrea a winner pick before. I had Andrea as a winner pick back into Redemption Island. I thought she was going to win. I thought that she was in a very interesting spot to make that poverty type leap into Survivor 26. What do you think that is going to be that next step she takes here in Survivor 34? I just think that she didn't really, you know, she was almost there the first time she played. She kind of figured it out two days after she got voted out, probably. Now she comes back in season 26 and she knows the game. But just because of the type of people who are on her tribe, you know, Dawn and Cochran, she is a bigger threat than she would be on a normal returning player season. Now she's not on anybody's list. She has a good relationship with Malcolm, I'm assuming. She, you know, she has a way with the with the fellas that I think will, 
you know, a JT or something where she could definitely charm them. Women aren't really, you know, the women seem to like her. Uh, you know, they're not at least not in, uh, at least not intimidated by her. Well, I think that the two things are connected, Keeve. I think that she does have a way with uh, the guys. Uh, but I feel like that that is the thing about her that the other women don't like. It could be right. But I, I, I to me, to me, there's so many bigger targets. She's a very aggressive. She's one of the more aggressive female players we've seen in a long time. She really um, she she does know the game, which is more than we could say about, uh, you know, some of the people we're going to be picking after this. I think. I just, I could just, like, I'm just picturing it now. Like, I could really see her win the season. I don't know. I was where you were going into 26, but I kind of feel like that uh, I don't know if the upside is there to win the season for Andrea. I think she'll just get her, I think she, the she's capable, but I think she'll get herself into trouble. Like, she'll flirt too much, too openly with one guy. No one will like yeah. it. I mean, yeah, who, I though? She's got- who is she flirting? Like, you know, all Malcolm? Okay. Literally all of them. Varner. She will flirt with Varner, all of them. I don't think there's a single, single guy, a single straight guy on this cast, just looking at it. I'm sorry, does that matter? (laughs) Okay, Hmm. I guess not. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, but I'm not, I'm not feeling it. And I love Andrea. I'm, I'm frankly, I'm a little surprised to see her out there. I thought that she was going in a different direction with her career. And I wonder, you know, how much is she going to want to get her hands dirty? And I almost feel like that's like a good thing where I think that playing too hard the second time around was a problem. I think that people saw her as too much of a threat. I think taking her foot off the gas would actually be a good thing if she could. If be, I was her, I'd do, I wouldn't even ass. I wouldn't do anything other than, you know, help better around camp until like day 20. Right. But I feel like she's going to play hard. I don't think she has that level. Yeah, I think she's got Monica Padilla downside. That's mm. the kind of arc I see for her. Uh, well, she's got better social skills, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know if this matters or not, but like, I know both of them well. And I think uh, Andrea does like right off the bat, get along very well with people in a way that like, I think Monica has like a a little bit of an awkwardness Mm -hmm. up front. I'll say this about Andrea's game. Also, I think that she gets too paranoid out there. And I think it's, it doesn't put people at ease in terms of yeah. what, what's going on. And, you know, we had everything that went on with the Francesca stuff from uh, the, for the first time around. Yeah, that's that's I, good that she voted out her friend. I feel like that's yeah, like a that's positive. Like she's willing to vote out anybody. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I just don't feel confident in Andrea, the survivor player, to win this time around. And I kind of feel like she's going to get lost in the shuffle with all these big personalities confessional wise. Yeah, I have a question about that. Actually, I can't remember her confessionals. Is it like, can you... Uh, any sort of memorable confessional. I feel like that she's uh, kind of a narrator, but I feel like that uh, she, I, I don't remember any like sort of like major like laugh lines that I had from Andrea in her previous seasons. Okay. They give her, they give her, I feel like she's, she's on screen a lot. I do think she had a uh, 25 in her last season, which isn't a ton, but you know, yeah. it's, she's, she's, she's visible in every episode. Okay. She's articulate. All right. So there's Andrea at number eight. Uh, for Keeve. I had her at 13 in my power rankings. All right, right. so I reached. That's a reach. Right. Hey, look, <laughs> d- look, who knows who's right? Maybe she wins. Uh, it's possible. All right, Maybe so she's my ninth Ponderosa while we speak. I had her in my miscellaneous bucket. <laughs> <laughs> she was in my don't see it. Okay, all right. <laughs> Keeve. Yes. You have number nine. Yeah, so I have five women to side between. They're pretty much all on the same tier for me that they have winning chances. They may have like a minor flaw, but not a fatal flaw. I'm going to go with another aggressive female player, Sierra Easton. 
Sierra Easton. <laughs> All right. So uh, again, Keith, I feel like you're like one season behind me on everything. I had Sierra as a winner pick going into season 31, but I feel like I'm out on Sierra as well. Why are you out on her? Because I felt like coming off of her first season, I said, okay, as long as she doesn't come in and just try to make really big moves, as long as she doesn't, like the lesson to be learned from her game was uh, not the one she took away from Survivor Blood versus Water. Unless she learned that lesson coming out of Cambodia, I feel like she's back to make more big moves. And I think that the lesson of Jeremy is put people at ease. Uh, People don't want to get into all these big moves. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right, but I also think she is savvy enough to realize that. I do think she probably came home, and I bet her mom said the same thing. Um, that you know, you, you she really does similar to Andrea. She's not getting, even though she's not uh, good at challenges at all, she's not getting voted out the first few weeks if she sits and does nothing. So I do think, uh, like you say, her strategy should be to lay back. I but I, I guess what would what would stop her from doing that is that she fell into similar to what Haley did. Like this minority female alliance, uh, almost like against her will, and then she's kind of just stuck. I, I just don't think that there's going to be this big all male alliance based on the personalities this time. I, I think you don't you don't have reasonable people like the Stevens and the Jeremys who are who are you know going to do what's best for their game. I think there's you're going to have the Brad Culpepper's and the Caleb's who are not going to be able to work together. And so I, I don't I, I think she's going to have her pick of who to work with. And there's really nobody here who has any bad blood with her. She's very likable. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, unless she goes around talking about like. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, I, I, it depends. I mean, how much are you uh, feel like Brad Culpepper and her have uh, not so great blood? I mean, I, she, if I had to guess, I'm going to say that they're going to work together if they're on the same tribe. OK, no way. She did have a lot to do with him getting voted out the first time around. Listen, yeah, if, she's if, everything I, that he stands against. He just doesn't like weakness. He doesn't <laughs> like women. He doesn't like a lot of things that he likes. Monica, he likes his she's wife. A neat lady. <laughs> she's a neat lady. But Monica was also good at challenges. Yeah. I mean, Shireen, you know, do you think that coming back with someone, you know, is that safer to work with them the first few tribals than someone you don't know, even if you didn't work well with them the last time? No, I mean, it depends on who the person is and it depends on your relationship. Like, I don't think I don't think that Sierra and Culpepper can work together. I don't think they would work together. Like for me, but it's a friendly it would, face. In it would the really storm. depend. Like, like if I were back out there with Haley, I'd work with Haley. But like when I was back out there with Joe, if Joe and I had been on the same team, like I would have been gunning him for him from the get go. I mm-hmm. wouldn't. I wouldn't have worked with him. So I think it just depends on All your right. relationship with them. Give us the Sierra scouting report because yeah. she's somebody who was out there in Cambodia with you. Yeah, I can give you even some intel that I don't think people have ever even talked about publicly. So I think the the major upside she has that you didn't see was that even though like a lot of her edit was big moves, big moves, um, she was really sophisticated at like becoming friends with people and lying like and those little lies that are like that are infectious and that like really, you know, pe- drive people crazy, but they don't realize that it came from her. Um, and so I think that she like, and, that, and that's why she was targeted even before Kelly Wentworth, even though Kelly had already had that big idol play, people were a lot more afraid of the damage that Sierra could do with her, you know, really sophisticated lying and, and social game. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside, like one thing that you didn't see, which, which I think, is, or didn't hear about, which is interesting is she also apparently, um, doesn't do a whole lot of work around camp, uh, except, Uh-oh. except oh, I believe food that. Is, yeah, except where food is concerned, though, and then she'll she'll get right on top of like food making or whatever and eat a lot extra or at least she gives people the feeling like she's eating more than her fair share. Mm-hmm. And apparently like a, that also drove people nuts and also drove people to ultimately want to vote for her, vote her out. What about her politics? Because, you know, they're out there right now. It's a very, you know, heated, you know, politicized time 
Does that did that come up at all or or no? Oh, uh, nope. Her politics didn't come out at all. Didn't come up at all. And, and also, there were people out there who were a lot more like minded. There were there were people out there who were really like pro gun, anti anti a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and I think that Sierra's. I think Sierra's turning around on some of those views or is just oh, milder so she's not her mom. Them. You're saying she's not. I, mean, her mom. I don't think she's. Yeah, I don't think she's in your face about all that hey, stuff. She's, she's rebelled against her mom. She voted yeah. her mom out <laughs> voting against uh, politics. All right. So Sierra is at number nine. Any other thoughts on Sierra, Sarah? No, I mean, I, th- I think uh, she's just going to have a troublemaker reputation. So I, Hellraiser, I don't have Tyson calls her. her back in blood versus water. Yeah. I love I'm rooting for her. I love her. I think she's a authentic and genuine and doesn't play for the the cameras mm-hmm. but that's all yeah and we can separate the people from the player i mean yeah. with some of these people it's like okay we've seen the tape on them and now it's up to them to sort of disprove what we've already seen on the film from them many of these people may have made an adjustment from what we saw on tv to where they are now uh, we'll see if Sierra can make that leap. But, you know, with these people, you burn me once when you're my winner pick. This goes for you too, Shireen. Then I'm out. I'm not going to pick you again. That's it. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's the case with Andrea and Sierra. It comes back around to me here at number 10. I don't pick again until I think 15. So I'm looking at my board here at number 10 and... To me, based on the people that I have left on my board, even though it's not exactly how I rank them, I feel like there's only one person left that I think can win the game based on what I know. So give me the person with the winner upside and the confessional upside. Uh, Give me Aubrey. No! (laughs) Damn you. I'm surprised she slips this far. It'll be interesting to see how Aubrey is received by the season 34 players. Again, in the real time of it all, Less than about a month ago, or maybe a month ago exactly, it was like the 20th or something. Uh, So less than a month ago from when the season ended, she's got the, oh, you should have won thing, but she wasn't the winner. Uh, Could be dangerous to be the person who should have won, and people uh, maybe maybe don't like that. But I kind of feel like, unless Debbie really is out there with an axe to grind, who's coming after Aubrey? I feel like that she has good relationships with the other season 32 people that are out there. She's good in the challenge. And the thing that we heard about her of that, okay, she was a little bit off-putting with her social game for people that in the season 32 jury, I kind of feel like that the confidence that she took away from her run in season 32 will only help that problem that led to the jury not voting for her for whatever reason. So give me the newfound confident Aubrey here at number 10. I support. Uh, I would probably have taken her next. Sarah, so. okay, any, any, no. So this was the steal of the draft, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I feel stupid now for taking since none of you were going to take S thirty three male. I no, feel stupid oh, for not he, taking he would Aubrey still have been on the board. <laughs> I do yeah. think, Ra. I, I, I do think that, like, I don't think anyone's going to have any sympathy for Aubrey out there. You no, know, I, it, it, you know, the fans are sort of like, oh, you know, it, to, to, but I think to the players, it's going to she's going to be one of the females or you know, one of the overall players like who was oh this person's uh this person's a real strategic threat you know we might she might yeah. not be target number one but she will be somewhere on everybody's radar yeah, yeah. because I, it's almost like she actually has the down like even though she, she didn't win and has the reputation of a winner that's mm-hmm. like double negative there 
No, I think she's got the upside because she, she it's not like she went out in that, you know, final immunity spot. She she made it to final tribal council and lost. And I think that's going to give her some upside with this cast. They won't see her necessarily as, an, as, a, as a definite threat to take to the end. I think my problem with Aubrey is that it is so close to her season. And she's so she's going into the season knowing she's got to come over like less fearful and more confident and stronger. And the stress of doing that might be self-defeating. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm worried about with Aubrey. But I. I mean, she is, she's got incredible social skills when it comes to sort of understanding people. And if she can just sort of, you know, get how she comes across better, then uh, I'd be interesting to watch that ha- play out. Any other points on Aubrey for or against? All right, let's keep moving. All right. So now we are in the back half of the draft. Sarah, you kick off the second half of the draft with pick number 11. Okay. All right. I don't think this person's going to win, but I do think they're going to be a big character and a big story. And so I'm going to go with the other Kurong finalist, Ty. Ty Trang wow. at number 11. Ty is back. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be, I think like Aubrey, it's too close to his original season. I think it's going to be a train wreck of a season for it. Cause I don't think he's got the emotional stamina. I could be wrong. I mean, it's been a year since he played, but um yeah i think two years by the time this podcast comes out well yeah (laughs) i think it's gonna be um he's gonna be a big story of the season because i don't think anyone's gonna gun for him you know everyone's gonna see him as somebody who could be manipulated um he's not a threat at the final tribal council obviously and he's gonna be somebody people like as well and perhaps want to protect a bit and I think he's going to be a bit of a wreck for a lot of it and have a lot of these confessionals just like he did in Co Wrong. So I'm basically going for confessional points here. Shireen, you probably know Ty the best of the panel. What do you think about Ty 2.0? I actually think that a lot of people will be afraid to work with him because he did say too much at Tribal Council. Ooh. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And I think that they'll be afraid that he'll run his mouth. And I think that it's funny because he wasn't even... He was wishy-washy, too. He, he has a reputation of being a flip-flopper, even though he actually didn't really flip-flop all the he, All he did, he turned on Scott. Mm-hmm. But, like, everybody turned on somebody that season, but he was the only one who came out with the bad reputation. And um, so I think that people are going to have trouble trusting him. Yeah, and I, I think that he... I actually, I wish that he had more time between seasons because like, mm. uh, I'm someone who, you know, had a year after filming then watched my season air was also very emotional for me and then I, I and then as soon as my you know finale was over I went or it aired I went back and played again and I think both Ty and I went in right after our seasons aired with all this emotional baggage mm-hmm. um, and so I just from an emotional standpoint I, I worry for him in terms of like, like similar to what Sarah was saying in terms of just keeping it together out there that said I think if he just uh, I think Rob you've talked about this like if he just works hard around camp doesn't try to play the game just tries to have fun yeah lots of upside for him you know I had the chance to uh, speak to him in between the, the, the finale and when they left and I said to him Ty if you play again just keep it simple stop looking for the idol stop don't go for the advantage just be a nice guy be a provider around the camp and he said that's what everybody tells me We'll see if he puts it into practice. Yeah. Yeah. You had the Michelle interview, which for us was released last week. And she <laughs> yes. said she said the same thing to Everybody him. And he told, that her, to him. Keep he it told her he was going to look for idols and everything. So <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Ty, you could go so far. 
Yeah, he's I mean, he's really like a, just a genuine, lovely person. Yes. Yes, he really is. Keith, any thoughts on Ty? Uh, yeah, Sarah's right. He has no chance to win. <laughs> but if he does anything like what you said, he does have a chance to stay. It makes me a little nervous. You have some really hulking dudes here, and then you have, you know, Ty... So if he's on a tribe, no, they loved that, him though. All those guys, yeah. I, no, I, I don't. I'm not talking about in terms of liking. I'm talking about in terms of challenges. Like, if there's a male who will be blamed for a challenge loss on this season, it, it, it very well could be Ty. Ty, you know, Shereen, you was have, Ty good in the challenges? I feel like that. I feel like he was, but I don't really have any evidence of that. Yeah, in the in the group challenges, he was he was surprisingly good. He never held people back, but like, but privately, he would tell me that he because of his like scars and everything on his thighs, he would struggle in some of the challenges. But on TV, we never saw that. I mean, he can climb a tree like it's nothing. Yeah, I feel he's, like you know he was better than than you know maybe you would have thought just by looking at his stats on paper. But we have Malcolm, JT, Ozzy, Brad Culpepper. We have yep. some monsters on this season. Yeah. So, But there's different parts of these challenges where sometimes you need a guy who's a little bit different than just like the brute force guys. Yeah, yeah he's in good shape and he's wiry. So that's yeah, he's a good in great to shape. have sometimes. Okay. All right. So Ty Trang goes off the board at number 11. Now, Shireen, here you go. 12 and 13. Yeah. Back to back picks here. Woo. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to, I have the option of taking sort of the last few palatable people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do. I'm very anxious about who I'm going to be left with, but I'm glad I'm not Rob or Akiva. <laughs> yeah. I think the next person I'm going to take, I'm surprised he hasn't been taken yet, but I also think that you guys are going more for winner upside and I'm going more for character upside. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think you're so taking inefficiencies in the marketplace. <laughs> the numbers loophole. The numbers loophole. <laughs> So I'm trying to go. For, I, I'm going to go for Jeff Varner. Oh. Jeff Varner, boy, yeah. at number twelve overall. I think he's gonna. He's the kind of guy who gets himself into a lot of trouble. He's, I mean, kind of similar to Ty in a lot of ways. Like Jeff, cool the Jets, chill out a little bit, relax, like just rest on that social game, make those relationships. He's fantastic at making people feel comfortable and getting and drawing people in. But really, I'm going for the confessionals. What just yeah. bit my ass? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Arner is a lock for five or more confessionals every episode that he's out there. But I feel like that this time around, he could be out sooner than last time around. And I love Jeff. Yeah. But I just feel like the takeaway from season 31 is yeah. like, I, I felt good about him last time around. I felt like that he was going to go like, I'm sort of like a 180 on everybody that I felt <laughs> from the last time they played. I felt like that Jeff was going to go far last time. And now I feel like people are like, boy, he was really schemy. I think they're going to be reacting to that. Like he was pre-gaming so hard. Like there's that video of all the alliances and everything right. that he was going to do. And then at the, you know, you guys have it that first vote where he, the Varner bomb, yeah. Uh, and I just feel like that that's not going to have a good taste in people's mouth. And then he's was so bad in the challenges last time around too. Yeah. And I yes, know he really was, I know he trained hard. I mean, you see, you, you know, you just saw him like, uh, like I, I think he's in a lot better shape this time around, but I don't know. I don't know. You hear stories like he couldn't even breathe. Uh, but the other upside that he has is even though he's bad at challenges, I think the bro club will still want to work with him. I think like, Troy Zan and Brad Culpepper still see him as like one of the guys and will over. Do they? Yeah. And I, think, I feel like Troy Zan more than Brad. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't, I can't pretend to understand Brad <laughs> at any level, okay. but, but I think Troy Zan is just so fixated against women that 
he's not going to care about Varner sucking at challenges or anything. He's just going to want to target women. All right. Sarah, thoughts on Jeff? Okay. Here's a really random stat for you. Every season that has had returnees from the Australian Outback has had one of those returnees make the final. Jeff Varner. Final episode. Final episode. Yep. The finale. So therefore, Jeff Varner is making the finale because that's just good science. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> he is actually one of my dark horses to win. It all depends what he's learned from Cambodia yeah, because he really could be does. a train wreck again. Or if he knows, if he has not pre-gamed, if he just sits back and lets things ride out a bit and let the game come to him, I think he could get to the end and basically pull a Sandra, you know, and just so that suddenly he's there at the end and he knows what to say to the jury. Yeah, I don't see it. Keeve, what do you think? <laughs> I, he just got, you know, I, I'm happy to see him back on my TV screen. But I don't see him. He just got such a villainous uh, or, you know, like more like a devious edit when he played. And I just can't see how a single person would trust him. He's a I, troublemaker. You know, he is a troublemaker. And he's I not, love he, it as a viewer, but sure. I wouldn't trust him if I was out there. He's there to cause chaos. He's I mean, he may in his mind. He's there to win. But for our perspective, he's there to cause chaos and, you know, at best be the merge boot. That's his, that's his a that's like best case scenario for him. Uh, I want him to make the jury. I feel like he's selling something different this time around is like, no, I learned the lessons from last time. I'm not going to be that way. But I kind of feel like it's so fresh in people's memories of how he was the second time around. And if he can't hold his weight in the challenge, like he's a it's the perfect storm. Like he's a target. He also, you know, can't get under the radar. He's known for having a big mouth and then also that he's not good in the challenges. So I feel like that he's in trouble, especially when they get down to if they do the anchor thing again. I, I don't see how he gets past that spot unless he's on a tribe that just has a bunch of immunity beasts. If he ever got to final tribal, I do think he would he would absolutely dominate there like that. That's really made for him. But I just don't see him getting anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like he can buddy up with somebody like Sari or Sandra and a bunch of other people. I do think he has, you know, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with Sari and Sandra. They're bad in challenges, they're potential threats. I, I do think that he could, you know, just sort of charm his way through a few votes. And then hopefully if, he's, if he can just not be on the losing tribe like he was in Cambodia, I think he could then sort of retreat under the radar for a bit. Well, okay, maybe he can't. <laughs> he could he could get himself in a spot where he's safe for a bit. So I I am I think he could do it, but like I could also see him out first. It's just but. like to me, I feel like he overdoes it at every opportunity. Like even right now, there is somebody like in the <laughs> modern day, June 13th, if you go on his Twitter account, like the Jeff Warner Twitter account <laughs> is tweeting right now. Is it really hard? Why who are we fooling here why did we overthink the twitter account while we're gone did you hear anything about pre-gaming (laughs) he's scheming right now on twitter there's there's some guy who's tweeting that he's at the gym right now (laughs) why who's he fooling (laughs) two hours ago he retweeted something By the way, we we joke, Rob, but is there any chance that like, because this is just coming from a non-official source, the 20 cast members that we're we're drafting off of. What if like we don't have the right list? And, you know, what if like JT never made it out there and he's my first pick 
And really, they, you know, <laughs> it'll be even funnier. It'll this be is even the funnier. greatest podcast of all time if this list is wrong. Yeah, it's like the list is like 14 out of 20. And then uh, Rob can't even Biggest post troll it. of all time. Right, right. Uh, I mean, Jeff Varner is retweeting the survivor polls uh, round two, part two. Who's your favorite survivor that he's in the running for? Like, well, why are we? Why? Okay, right. Uh, let's keep moving. Uh, that That is uh, Shireen's pick at number 12. Certainly a lock to pick up five plus confessionals every episode that he's in uh i hope for our sake he is around for a long time but i i what i'm uh bearish on is how much the other players will trust him in this season all right so here we go uh, second pick in a row here for shereen yeah and so now it's like i feel like i'm choosing between what is it called what's the expression a rock and a hard place i'm between that yes yeah. <laughs> but i had jeff Warner number 19 on my board uh, so I'm choosing between a really boring winner pick versus a really huge character with literally zero upside to win. <laughs> and I can't imagine. I'm just going to say it because like, I'm not going to pick for another eight rounds or whatever. I feel like your next pick is at 17. Yeah. So we have like the second coming of Abby Maria in Debbie. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, the, like somebody who's going to get, you know, at best half a confessional per episode uh, in Sierra. Hmm. Um, but with high upside winner potential because she's non-threatening. Nobody really knows much about her. She's a really good liar. She has a really great social game. Uh, inoffensive. Okay. Um, do I go for big character or winner? It's up to you. I'm going to, I'm going to actually take a risk here and go for Sierra. Sierra. Wow. If you would have told me you were coming in here and taking Sierra at number 13. Okay. Shireen, why? You talked it through a little bit. Let's go. Let's do yeah. a deep dive here. What did you see from the first person oh, I could have playing also- with her in Sierra? Why do you think she has winner upside the second time around? Um, I, first, I would also like to note that. I just didn't want to pick Brad Culpepper. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Okay, so whoever takes him, good on you. Okay, not me. Um, Sierra was, I think, maybe the only person in Worlds Apart that literally every single person had a relationship with. Every single person wanted to work with her. Every single person thought they owned her vote. Every single person like didn't care to see her running off with other people and talking to other people because they were just so certain that they you know, owned her, which like, which was very similar to Michelle this last season who ultimately won. And the other thing is Sierra is a really great liar. And she, and she's also, she's one of these athletic women that the bros will be okay keeping around. Um, but she also gets along really great with girls. I don't think girls are going to be threatened by her. She, I think her, her social game is an underreported story. I think that's like, you know, why she got such a, a small edit. She was just boring and inoffensive because she's just, she gets along with people. Mm-hmm. All right, so not really playing for the confessional points. Uh, does she have the winner upset? Like, what do you think is the next step for her in her game? What does she yeah. need to do? Uh, watch good question. The show. I think no, watch the show. <laughs> That's another thing. So she also doesn't know the, the the show at all, the game at all. But I think her biggest flaw the first time around was actually simply not pulling the trigger on some of the moves and turning on some of the people who who she could not have beaten in the end and mm-hmm. who who were kind of pulling her along. Um, she had a couple of really big opportunities and she never, ever took them. But she learned that lesson. She knows that now. And I think that if what, she, what was the move she could have made in Worlds Apart? 
So for example, like a, a big one that she, like a, uh, at the time, I don't know how they feel about it now, but like Sierra and Carolyn both had, had told me that their biggest regret was not flipping to, uh, vote to, to keep me in when I was voted out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they, they, cause they both could have taken me to the end and like, I, I don't think I would have won. Mm-hmm. And so I think they both regretted not taking advantage of, of having me there. And, uh, and she was close enough with, like I said, like, cause she was close enough with everybody. She was close enough with Carolyn to have turned Carolyn on that vote if she wanted to. So she, she knew she took that lesson away from it at the time. The question is, will she be able to like, remember that and put that into play this time? Will she overcompensate? I don't know. Okay. Let me ask you about the Candace uh, factor here, where we have a late game replacement here from uh, from what we experienced on the outside. Yeah. Uh, it was reported Natalie Anderson was going to be on this cast. Uh, she's a late scratch with uh, on June 13th. We don't know why she comes in at the last second. Uh, it was talked about in Blood versus Water that when RC and her dad had to leave the game, and they were actually out there on the island with them. Here comes Candace and John Cody. People didn't trust her book for whatever reason, but I, what I had heard was that it was with, oh well, we don't know where she stands with everything, and then she gets voted out at that first vote. Uh, they have to make a split decision. Could Sierra be seen as somebody? We don't know where she's at. Could she be a, an early victim? I don't think that she was ever as well known. Like I think people. Candace was fairly well known. Candace was a huge character, um, mm. and and Sierra wasn't. I don't think that people know enough about her. And I think if anything, people think Sierra is just bland and is going to be loyal and is not going to make any moves. Mm-hmm. And like, and again, similar to Haley, but even even further down that line in terms of like, when is she ever going to be the best person to take out? She's good enough at challenges. She's harmless. She's you know not seen as strategic. Like, why take her out when you've got all these other people to take out? Kiva. What do you yeah. think? If you had a, uh, a gun to your head, who would be your winner pick, Sierra or Haley? If one of them, if you say one of them has to win, I'd say Sierra. I, I just think that what Shireen says is true. No one's ever voting her out. And, you know, if, if maybe it's a final two and she goes up against Brad Culpepper at the end, <laughs> someone's got to win. You know, maybe final three and it's hit her, Brad Culpepper and Caleb. Someone's got to win. I think and I'd be interested to hear what Shireen has to say, like how she got in the season, because to me. Uh, you know, you could you could go back all the way to Amber in, in season eight to Amber, then Burkich. But uh, to me, it's the craziest uh, returning player that we've had. Like I, wow. I was saying, to Ro- I was saying to Rob the other day, like, I, first of all, she's not even the 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 first Sierra I would have liked to see bring back. Like Sierra Reed <laughs> from Token Chains would have been better. By the way, just yeah. here's a list just from Survivor Token Chains of people who would have been much better television. Aaron Lobdell, Taj Johnson, George, Debbie Beebe, Sierra Reed. And Sydney Wheeler, who uh, Stephen Fishback always likes to talk about how good looking she is. That's mm-hmm. five people who easily would have been better television than Sierra. So I am, you know, I, I, to me, she's as a not like if you called up a casual right now, if I called up my sister, if Rob called up like uh, his mom and let's said, do hey, it. let's, let's do, do it. it. You want to do it right now? <laughs> Rob, call <laughs> up your mom right it? now and okay. ask her, ask her if she remembers Sierra from. If I asked apart. my mom, who is Sierra Don Thomas? She would have no idea. If we no showed idea. her a picture of her and said, who is this person? And like, if we put like, if we took the, her picture, but we cropped the background and just made it look like she was at Disneyland and said, who is this person? She would not know either. But is that, is that the criteria? I don't know. To be fair. Like I had the same rant for Kelly Wentworth off air two seasons ago. And that turned out, uh, you know, I, like, clearly I was wrong. I, w- I also want to say, like, I know a lot of people are saying maybe Sierra will be the next uh, Kelly Wentworth. But I want to say that they're and then and then some people are like being really insulting towards Sierra online. And I just want to like 
clear the air on this and say, first of all, like they're very different people, very different players. Yes, they're both hot blondes who are thin and whatever and good at challenges. Like the buck stops there. Um, like I think Sierra's social game is, you know, like is much stronger than than Kelly's. I think Kelly's strategic game is unquestionably much stronger than Sierra's. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just very different players. And I don't think you're going to get a, a Kelly out of Sierra. Sierra was a top five player. She was fifth place. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I think the question, if you're comparing those two is like with Kelly, I think there was a question of, well, what didn't we see? Right. We really that she went, she went to only like two tribal councils. I feel like that maybe if she would have had a shot, if she didn't get screwed by the swap, what might have been. But I don't feel that way about Sierra. I kind of feel like, oh, we saw what was there. Yeah. But uh, Sarah, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I I can see why people are saying she's 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 going to go far. She may well make the finale again. I I don't see her winning. I just I think we're just going to see a similar sort of arc as she had last time. Um, but once she's on the wrong side of the numbers, I don't think she's really got the wherewithal to save herself. But mm-hmm. she's a nice person. She's going to be good in challenges. I don't have anything against her. Yeah, it's just she just feels a huge letdown after we were expecting Natalie. <laughs> Natalie is so good. You know, one one upside, Rob, is that like Sierra could be the first person to ever have a horse come on her uh, loved one's visit. <laughs> but, well, like, but Shireen, like, do you think why do you think she's on the season? Like, why was she even on production's radar? This is pure speculation. But my theory is that they wanted to bring back more hot girls with the potential of, you know, changing one thing about their game and then suddenly turning into the Parvati. I think yeah. they want another Parvati, another Kelly Wentworth. Like they love that hot girl who comes back and turns mm. out to be strategic. It's a good idea, mm-hmm. but I think they just probably picked the wrong one. Yeah. By January, we may know more about why Natalie got cut off the list. Um, and I imagine the fact that Sierra's job probably allows her to drop things at a moment's notice. Yeah. What if she was the only person who answered their call like the day before the season? I, I mean, there's a non-zero possibility of that also. I do think it's like endlessly comical to me, though, that like the returners from uh, from season 30 were Joe and me and Haley and Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, when yeah. you think about what you would have picked at the end of Worlds Apart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you see anybody on this list that could be a potential uh, showman's partner for Ozzy, Shireen? Yeah. Both Sierra and Haley. Well, that's the thing. You know, they matched up Ozzy and Sierra on the prices right. Like they put them together. Did they really? Yes, they brought them out. uh, You don't know this? That they announced them as, and now here to help with the showcases, here's fan favorites, Ozzy and Sierra. And we were like, oh, good. Uh, oh, they're going to be on the same drive. Like, no, <laughs> no. Sarah Dawn Thomas and Ozzy. Is it possible? Maybe were there, were there fireworks? And like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Let's see, let's the, see those two out there together. The show is setting up a pregame alliance and hope right. for showman's right. there. Arranged marriage. That's what they're doing. <laughs> Could she be the new Elise? Mm. Amanda. <laughs> right. Or Amanda. She's going to be the new, the new Amanda. Amanda. Yeah, go to the that's end and want. not win. All right. We, so we talked about uh, Sierra Dawn Thomas here at number 13. Okay. We're down to pick number 14. Seven picks to go. Sarah, oh, you it's have me. the floor. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to go for the person who I consider to be like the male equivalent of Sierra, and that is Caleb. Because Caleb. Not, mm. that, not necessarily that strategic and bright, maybe, but obviously loyal. Um, no reason to be considered a threat based on his prior performance. So, yeah, uh, he's... Survivor or Big Brother? 
Survivor. I have okay. not seen Big Brother. So oh, okay. my big concern with Caleb, based on what I've seen of him in Survivor, is that he's not very exciting. He's not going to get a lot of confessionals. But that see, does not seem to be his reputation from Big Brother. So I'm hoping he's also got confessional upside and that he'll be around for a while. I mean, maybe he is a dark horse to win. Don't really see it, but who knows? We're scraping the barrel now. I think his confessional upside is just CBS's like deep love for him. I'm yeah. trying to think about him in terms of the confessional. Like, I feel like that, uh, I don't know how strategic he is. Like, I feel like he's a ham in terms of playing things up for the camera. And maybe he could narrate that. But I feel like yeah. that he's not like a soundbite machine in terms of being in the confessional setup. But he's just got married. So he's going to cry. That's, that's, that's true. That's Ooh. television gold. I yes. miss my wife. He's really <laughs> clueless in uh, Korong. I also haven't seen him on Big Brother. Can you speak to his cluelessness in Big Brother? I just think that there he's a person who is, you know, pretty pretty loyal. I think that the people who are the more gifted players, I think at times can run circles around him, but I think that he's a good person to keep around in the alliance and that's kind of what happened on Big Brother 16 where a really great player like had him as sort of like a key cog for a while and also like had Caleb believing that he was running the show. So I think that he's somebody who's going to work hard at the challenges. I think that he's going to bro down with a lot of people. I feel like that he's around for a while. I don't think that he can win. I, to me, I feel like that he's like a fifth place finisher in this season. But I think that he will get his fair share of airtime. I think he'll have confessionals, but I don't see him as a winner. Will, will he be Tony's new woo? He certainly could fill the oh, role yeah. of a woo. Because you know what? If Tony's looking for somebody who hasn't seen his season, then yeah. Beast Mode Cowboy is his man. <laughs> he didn't see his own season Caleb. for sure. They were shown Kagaya, Kagaya and weren't yeah. they? I, thought I don't that's know. that's what they all watched because they all were mentioning Tony and Cass and whatnot. Yeah, I can't wait for seven months' time when Caleb tweets out his corrections to our assessment <laughs> of his podcast. <laughs> Tomorrow, It'll be tomorrow for the rest of us. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there you go. Uh, there Wait, is. Rob, don't you think Cowboy. that Caleb might worship Brad if they're in a tribe together, like this ex NFL player? Uh, that's certainly possible. Caleb was very impressed when there was a reward in Big Brother 16 where he Tony got Romo. to go and visit. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys, and then he was Beast Mode Cowboys. Uh, at that point, so I do think that he would be very. Look, he could certainly be the Padawan to uh, Brad Culpepper's uh, Jedi. Master. I hope nobody else gets that right. That makes him sound more like Wu, like sticking his head up some <laughs> big alpha male's butt. I, it certainly is going to be the case. I mean, I feel like that Caleb is, you know, he's an unassuming guy and I think that he's going to go with the flow and I don't think that he's going to be somebody like he's sort of like made for the first part of the game where he is a beast mode cowboy. He's going to, assuming he drinks enough water this time around, right. you know, will his tribes to victory, especially when they get down to the six person tribes. Yeah. I think that he is a really well suited. Can he get past the merge boot bump? What are the odds of him getting medevaced again and hurt, hurting himself somehow? Oh, I feel like that they're probably, <laughs> if we strong. were going to do a draft <laughs> yeah. of these 20 first. people, I think he's the number one pick <laughs> yeah. on the board. That's my main concern right now. Can I say, Shireen, you didn't watch Big Brother, right? No, no. I don't. So you would hate him so much. <laughs> he, he would, would I? He was, he was, first of all, he was the most villainous person on his season, other than Ariana Grande's brother. But uh, that was that was unintentional. Devin, uh, I think was. Uh, yeah, but he definitely. was gone in week three, Rob. You yes. know, you had three more months of the show after that. There, there wasn't. There wasn't. We don't need to revisit all all of this. That he <laughs> yeah. had a rough edit in the first half, and then uh, over a woman that was in the house. Let's that, just. Uh, 
Let's yeah, say, I was no, no, we're gonna, I don't want to. I don't want to get uh, bogged down in all, okay. in all this. He, and then he was a, a fan favorite once that we the audience got past that. Rob's uh, that afraid he's going to beat him up. Wow. No, but I, I just don't want to get <laughs> all, all this on Twitter why. tomorrow. Twitter is going to come alive if in Twitter January. Twitter still exists tomorrow. Oh, that's true. Uh, Donald Trump <laughs> might ban it. <laughs> is he one of those people who come who comes at you, bro? No, 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 no. Look, let's let's not. Rob's cutting this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's not let's not get too bogged down here with uh, you know the events of six years ago on Big Brother for those of the listeners in the He's modern present time. He's supposed to be a very nice person, according to all the people who met him. So let's just be let's happy that, that he's uh, he's. I don't paid. trust right. any of those people. You say that like I trust what other people say about people being nice people. People tell me that I'm saying things. it for the benefit of the listeners, not for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So there's Caleb at number 14. Uh, I think, again, I, I'd be very surprised if we walk away. He's the winner of the season, but it, that he was certainly in his 12 days on Survivor inoffensive to everybody who was out there with him yeah. and seemingly should be on track to do that again. I just kind of feel like that he never had to go to a tribal council. And I think that when that happens, I think that uh, cream will rise to the top and then he will sort of fall into the line in terms of being a vote. He's the they're new Keith nail. They're going to yeah, explain to him so. what tribal council is. Rob. Let's be fair. That. Yeah. Is All he right. going to be the challenger to Aussie in immunity challenges and things like that? In his I mind. feel like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think a beast mode cowboy is cut out to be the kind of immunity threat. Like, I think that there, if you were going, and we'll we'll get to Ozzy, but if you're going to have like the prototypical survivor build to excel in these challenges, you want to be like long and lean and good yeah. in the water. The beast mode cowboy is a very strong guy. I don't think we really have gotten to see necessarily how how he is in terms of climbing trees, swimming. Like, he does not have Ozzy's resume to this point. Yeah, he's. Yeah. But I think he's probably better at uh, the tribe challenges than Ozzy he's probably stronger than Ozzy in terms yeah. of like if you know are they going to bench press or anything like that he's, <laughs> he's stronger but uh, I think at the combine I think you want to see him do more stuff yeah and Ozzy has a tracker okay here we're, oh, we're back to me mm-hmm. pick number 15 well, I'm having so much fun I really I'm so glad that we did this Rob, okay. I'm so nervous about who you're going to pick right now because I really want yeah. this person and I, I'm uh, 100% sure you're picking them Akiva you should have traded up to Sarah's spot it's not too late I'll trade you like can we trade <laughs> Like intangible things. Can I like trade you? Like I promise to keep like the Seinfeld podcast under an hour and a half for a month if you give me this pick. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Uh, this is interesting uh, for me. Uh, just uh, you know, six people left on the board. Uh, there's a couple people that I had still had pretty high up on, on my board. But oh boy, uh, I'm really sort of uh, struggling with uh, the unknown here. I will say the six people left. Uh, I don't know if any of these people on the board uh, can win in terms of airtime. I, I may come to regret this, but give me uh, the factor that's going to be uh, more of the known quantity. Give me Debbie. Give me Debbie what? here because wow. I, I don't think that she can win. But here at the 15th pick in the draft, I mean, uh, Debbie's still a lock to get her five confessionals every episode that she's out there. More so than anybody else who's left here on the board. Season 33 female was enticing. That would have been the pick uh, for me if, if I didn't go there. But 
give me Debbie just because I'll bank those confessionals every week that she's out there. All one week she's out there. Uh, you think that she is a good shot to be the first person out? I feel like that Debbie really excelled in the tribe part of the game. I feel like mm. that when she was off on her own in the individual part of the game, that's where she struggled. And I kind of feel like that Debbie, that she seemed like more subdued. And I think she was also probably embarrassed because even though people sort of liked her quirkiness, I do think like they essentially called her out for being this big liar with, you know, putting the job up every week. Like. It was it's a little bit more like she says she's all these things than she actually was these things. And I, I wonder if she was a little shamed by it. Mm, I don't know. Look, think she, she, I think that she can keep it less wacky with the tribe, uh, be just as wacky in confessionals. I think it'll be a good recipe for her. She is somebody also who is going to carry their weight in the challenges, too, I believe. So is she? Why you feel like she was bad in the challenges? Well, did she ever do anything down in the for challenges? Her, like, lovers. Yeah, she was actually quite bad at the puzzles, and also wasn't that I mean, good in like stamina and stuff. She was often lagging behind. Mm. I yeah. don't know that we ever really saw Debbie doing anything. Okay, I mean, I don't think she was holding them up necessarily, but I don't know whether she's. But on the other hand, I mean, I think Debbie's just unfathomable, and she could they. She, they might just say, well, let's take it to the end because no one's going to vote for her. Abby factor. Mm. Yeah. Should, yeah. Should go first and uh, stay in forever. Yeah. Look, but you have to deal with her for 39 days then. Can you deal with her for 39 days? She's easier to deal with than Abby, I think. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. Is she insufferable, Debbie? No. I heard she's, I don't think she's as like toxic as, like Abby was really negative and was bringing everyone down. I think Debbie just talks a lot. Like, I kind of feel like you need that a little bit out there. It's like, it keeps it fun. Yeah, but even the people who got on with her called her annoying. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, is the, how's the Aubrey thing uh, going to go? Ty really did not have a lot of love uh, for Debbie. I mean, uh, yeah. it's, it's the 15th pick in our draft here. Uh, there's not a lot of great options on the board. Give me Debbie. She's going to get screen time, and, that's, uh, and anything else is gravy. All right. Screen time for sure. Number 16 is yours, Akiva, and then you will not pick again until whoever is left. I'm really regretting agreeing to that. <laughs> we already know who I'm stuck with. Uh, I, I actually have two people left that I think have a, a puncher's chance to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I that wasn't one. a pun. I just know where this is going. <laughs> it wasn't a pun, but one of them, I believe, was a boxer or, or a mixed martial artist. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just I don't know if I should pick the known quantity or the unknown quantity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm the type of guy who will always pick like I'll pick Albert Pujols like two seasons too many in fantasy baseball. Instead of like the rookie, like the Corey Seager, who might be really good. <laughs> Sarah Freeman got that reference totally, by the way. Yeah. It's like the auction. It's like, all right, Akiva, you bid, uh, you know, $300 for this grilled cheese sandwich. Do you want that or the covered item? What do you want? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so I, I, I don't know. This is hard. I'm going to go with why is the season 33? I, I feel like the season 33 male is like the fifth boot and is really funny. And then the season 33 female is like a dominant player. Mm-hmm. Um. But then everyone else might think that. So I'm going to go with uh, with Sarah Lucina. I'm going to say that if she can get past the Tony obstacle, then all sky. No one else has her at all on the radar. She was, you know, almost the focal point until the show really spun in a dime and started focusing on on Tony. Uh, you know, she really was a lot of people's winners picks, even, you know, I well do. into the season, including yours. But even into the season, a lot of people, right, didn't Stephen think she was going to win for a long yeah. time. Um, so I, to me, she's a real player and she shouldn't be down here with the Debbies 
you know, not getting selected. So Debbie Downers. <laughs> Debbie Downers. <laughs> Shireen, you seem surprised that Sarah was my Kagiyan winner pick. Yeah, why was she? I felt like that she was somebody who I liked what she was saying. She was talking about how she can identify. I mean, I think even in the preseason, she's like, there's this guy here. He's a, he's a cop. I can tell. Uh, and I was like, boy, she's very perceptive. And I yeah. felt like that she's somebody who is strong. She seems smart. I liked everything that I was hearing about her. And so I felt like that she was like uh, going to be able to be set up well coming out of the brawn tribe. I felt like that she was the brawniest of those women there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that she would be in a, in a good spot. But I kind of wonder about the social game. Mm. That's my question did, mark did, with her. Did she just have a baby, Rob? Like she in the did. last year or two? Uh, probably in the, I'd say like in the last two years. I think that she says she was pregnant at the Kagiyan finale, which was 2014. So I would imagine that her. That, that's a killer anecdote if you make it to a final travel council. Yeah. Like, so hey, I, Jeremy's crying. She could I, I be like, hey, guys, that, I'm uh, I'm pregnant. I didn't tell you. I'm lying about it. But still. I, would imagine that, I would imagine that her kid is about the same age as Dominic, who at the rec- time of the recording is about two years, eight months. So something, so, so, so she's going to have like a, you know, some more like a, you know, two and a half year old at this time. Do you remember anybody else playing so close to having just given birth? Uh, Kelly Wigglesworth. She yeah. left a under two. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah, got that going for you. Yeah, you don't think she has a winner? She has winner potential. I, th- I, I feel like she she's a steal potential. at sixteen. Hmm. I don't I, know. It, it's Rob is so defensive of Tony. Sarah. No, no. She had <laughs> such a bad boot episode yeah. going back to yeah. the merge episode in Kagiyan. She overplayed that so badly, and then she got into it with Cass about everything, and she wouldn't budge. I, that she seemed to me that she was a very stubborn player, and I feel like that that is not how you like. I feel like that as as we go along in this, I look try to look at Survivor, and I'm saying to myself, well. Who is the person that's just the most likable that's out there? I feel it, like that yeah. that's, that's really important. And I don't know if Sarah is uh, winning that many people over onto her side. But I mean, at the same time, she has got like the theory. This in, in theory, she knows what she needs to do. I just sort of get a bad vibe for her. But I do mm-hmm. think she can win. She was not in my like top list, but she's in the list of people who, yeah, maybe she could win because I don't think people are going to necessarily see her as a threat. She had the weird thing with Tony too, also where she was even feuding with him at the finale. And I feel like that one of them is going to be the first three boots of the season. And, uh, you know, I've sort of gone all in with Tony. I just kind of feel like that she, that one of them is going to like beat the drum, but we can't trust her. Uh, and I think that one, one of them is going to be gone. And I feel like it's Sarah. Like, I, and I don't know that she knows what she did wrong when she played. I think she's one of these players who thinks that she was only voted out because of the existence of Cass. Mm-hmm. You know, but she you, gets on well with Cass now, apparently. So maybe that's going to be beneficial, being able to talk to somebody who you were, you know, butting heads with in your original season because they they may, they may be able to have some frank conversations that can help her going forward. Plus, she's a mother now. That changes your personality to a degree. It gives you a slightly different vibe to things. So, um, yeah, I think there is, I mean, Sarah's one of the people who, because she's had a baby and she's sort of gone through a weird season and, and then made friends with her cast afterwards, I think she's one of the people whose game could have evolved more dramatically than you might expect after two years. Name bias. First name bias over oh, here. Oh, that's also mm. it, yeah. I, I had as my winner pick uh, for, for Kagayan just because she was called Sarah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. work out very well for me, but I went for it. But yeah, I think 
she's not top of my winner picks, but I imagine. But yeah, I have her as one of my people who could do it. I don't think that she's a fatally flawed player, but I think that she has some things that maybe she could have worked on in between seasons and uh, there could be upside for her to win. I find that her as a confessional person, though, I think she's going to struggle to get airtime yeah. here in a crowded yeah. field. That's All right, true. Shireen, here you are. Final round. This is your final pick. Let's just revisit where you've gone so far. You started off with the season 33 male with pick number four. Then you came back around with Malcolm. I made us all jealous. Uh, you took Jeff Varner. You took Sierra Dawn Thomas. You have one last person to add to this list of survivor luminaries. Shireen, who is the person that you're adding to this list of names? So I, I can choose between a woman and three men. Yes. Just to get, <laughs> to reset the board, you have the season 33 female plus Brad Culpepper, Ozzy, and Troyzan. I wonder who it's going to be. Hmm. I would just like to say, I think Ozzy actually does have potential to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Brad Culpepper and Ozzy, I think, has some confessional upside. Even though he's not great at confessional, I think he does get decent airtime. Um, Brad Culpepper, I think, has high confessional potential. But I did already write him off, and I, I'm not one to go back on my word. I'm going to be predictable. I'm, I'm, I'm between S33 female and Aussie. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to... I'm taking whoever you don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with S33 female. S33 female. Uh, I pick. think that's the logical choice here. I yeah. mean, she could be the Kim second. Spradlin. Yeah, the second coming of Kim yeah. Spradlin. Uh, she could also be just like uh, a total mess. Uh, she could just be, let's say, a super attractive person that that, that is going to not Abby be Maria. bothering anybody. Yeah, she could be just a, a royal pain in the you know what. You, you don't know. It's the covered item. Why yeah. not? Well, and I feel like I'm also hedging my bets by having both of the covered items, mm-hmm. right? Like, like one of them is going to be great. Maybe both both of them could po- possibly be great. Mm-hmm. But I think if one of them is a fluke, the other is destined to do well. Yeah. And I feel like that the unknown female, I, I feel like that the unknown male, it's sort of like, oh, he could be Russell. We got to get rid of this guy. Unknown female. It's like, eh, OK, whatever. I mean, it, how much different is the unknown female from Sierra Don Thomas? I don't think that they would bring back Sierra Don Thomas like sight unseen back to back seasons. I think that they would only bring somebody like like a Debbie. But I'm just saying that right? for the people that are right. out there, isn't isn't Sierra just as much unknown female to the oh, other in people? In that sense, I think that there's something known in the unknown with mm-hmm. Sierra. I think Haley's a lot more unknown. I don't think anybody remembers literally anything about Haley. They probably don't even know what season she's from. I think with Sierra, they like loosely remember her as the the woman who did nothing. And, and, you know, and, and, and I think that they read her non-edit as non-entity, whereas with S33 female. Why is she here? Yeah. Why is she yeah. here? Okay. Don't Steve. you think season 33 female could convince Haley, Sierra Dawn Thomas, Caleb, and like five other people that she played on like season 10? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is so good. Like there's and no Shireen so there to true. know like, you know. Sari is like, the expert. Who, who actually, just Sari. Like literally, I mean, I actually I think yeah. Sandra. Sandra would know. Time. Malcolm would know. Sari would oh, know. Uh, Aubrey sure. would know. Yeah. And maybe uh, Andrea. 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 Andrea would know. Uh, uh, Jeff Arner would know. <laughs> Yeah, no, Jeff. Uh oh. Mm. 
But it would yeah. be great if they tried it. <laughs> it the problem is great. if she's 24, so I don't know if... Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. But. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Kiva. It's That's okay. It. It's only a spoiler to, uh, to Sarah. <laughs> Everybody else knows at this point. <laughs> All right. So, the uh, season three of the female. Yeah, I think you got winner upside. I think you got confessional upside. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where once I picked her, instantly I felt good about it. Yeah. I'm proud of that choice. Yeah. You want to <laughs> trade for Debbie? You know, I think that that would be a good trade, but I, but I'm so pleased with my choice. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't want to rob okay. you of that feeling. All right. So then, it's down to the final three. Sarah, you said you were going to pick whoever Shireen yep. did not pick. <laughs> Do it, girl. Are you a woman of your word? I am. I'm going for Aussie. I'm going to score points with my husband. He was telling he edited my document this morning to put Aussie at the top. Okay. <laughs> Why is your husband so taken with Aussie? He's casual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this, this goes back to Cook Island when I had a crush on Yule. And I think that fueled my husband's fandom of Aussie. Oh. Um, <laughs> and ever since he's, because Aussie obviously has returned several times and Yule hasn't. So my husband has been all in on Aussie. So it's between Aussie and yeah. coach for my husband's favorite player. He Aussie a is a great pick topic. at number 18 in this draft because he is certainly <laughs> going to, you know, he has sort of like, you know, he's been right there at the end in two different seasons. Of course, one season he did get voted out three times, getting to that point where he made it to the final four in South Pacific. But he's going to give you confessionals. He's going to give you give confessionals about what are the women he's attracted to, who are the people that are sucking in the challenges, how he's sort of fed up with the tribe. So Ozzy is certainly opinionated and somebody who they go to for confessional a lot of time. I don't know. I think in this season, I don't think he's getting confessionals because there are too many people who do that better. Mm, he got, got his share in fans versus favorites. Yeah, but that was also partly he was the head of the alliance there. Is he going to be the head of the alliance in this one? I don't know, but I think it's going to be interesting. To say, I'm interested yeah. in the story of Ozzy because we sort of saw like, okay, young, like Mowgli kid in Cook Islands and then sort of like, okay, now he's going to like try to run the alliance and fans versus favorites. Okay, and now you have like sort of adult Ozzy is like in, responsible for a tribe and is going to try to like will his way to the end and getting like fed up and frustrated with this game. I can't ever win like what is he doing here in the fourth time like what is the lethal weapon for ozzy version of this i mean he's still young enough he should still be good at the challenges right um uh, yeah i but i don't i just yeah I, I just think other people have bigger stories unless ozzy's gonna pull out something i i'm so i don't think i'm getting many confessional points for him which is why i just left him so low. Uh, but yeah, he's not Brad or Troy Zanz. <laughs> I'm going to stick with him. I think he'll at least make the merge. Yeah. Shireen? Jerk 4.0. I mean, he's like, uh, just like raw, unfiltered. Yeah, he was such a jerk. Oh my God. It's like he was like, the last time he played adult Aussie, as you pen him, is like was mean. He was such a jerk to Cochran, mm -hmm. and he was throwing hissy fits. You voted out my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm a free agent. Yeah, <laughs> and then well, is Ozzy going to complain at us? Are we going to say Twitter feud between Ozzy and Shireen in January? Is this going to be golden? If we're lucky, but I don't think yeah. Ozzy is listening to two hours into a yeah. Survivor podcast. I met Ozzy uh, uh, once or twice, and I felt like that that he seemed like a perfectly fine person. I mean, again, I don't know if I I would love to play Survivor with him. I think he definitely would be leading the charge. Hey, vote this loser. 
are out. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> in my real life interaction with him, I thought he was he was fine. Really? Yeah, I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap. Like he's so hated by some people. I don't think he's uh, like I think he's an easy enough person to get along with. But he is going to pick on the nerd in the in, and especially after he got burned by Cochran. That's but I don't know who that person is this time around. And that's the wrong lesson to take from it. And that's exactly the kind of guy that he is. Like the lesson he should have taken from the Cochran thing was don't be a fucking asshole <laughs> to people who are not you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry for the cursing. What's I, I don't the- know. Aussie Cerise yeah. situation going to be? Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know how much bad blood uh, there is there from fans versus favorites. I, I, I don't know. I feel like he's going to want to get her out. So I'm I mean, really Ozzy's been voted out three times since then. I mean, it's how much. <laughs> <laughs> but not by people on this season. You know? Right. So I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like that Suri is not going to love uh, having Ozzy around. Yeah. They're the, they're the only four-time players, aren't they? She's got a lot of people on this cast who don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, she'll charm them all. I yes. Steve, so. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Ozzy 4.0. I mean, listen, I'm not a fan I think he'd have a tough time, even if he made it to the end, convincing the jury. But if I wanted to play devil's advocate, like his finishes are second, fourth and ninth. That's really good, right? Very few people have that sort of average. There's only a couple of people in the history of the show who have three top nine finishes. I think maybe Parvati, Amanda, maybe mm-hmm. one other person. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and even the time he lost, he lost to like, you know, a really good winner. So it's not inconceivable that he could win. Like he has a tiny bit of equity to win. Uh, maybe he's 34 years old now. So I, if you're if you're hoping and praying for an Aussie win, your 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 thought process is that hopefully he's matured a lot over the last few years because it's been a while since we've seen him. Mm-hmm. Almost no scenario where he doesn't make the merge, though, right? It would be silly to vote him out that early. No, I I think you could see like a Black Widow brigade coming together. At what point? At like a swap. At a swap, like I a think tribe it of could seven. Happen earlier, yeah. if. People get worried about the right. alpha males doing a boys club meet it shield sort of alliance. Sort of the thing where it's like after they go down to tribes of three in that vote where yeah. uh, we saw where Wu got voted out in yep. Cambodia. I feel like that that's the spot if Ozzy goes out pre-merge. He mm. uh, said, oh, we can't let Ozzy get to the merge. Let's vote him out here. Uh, so we'll see. All right. So it's down to me and you, Keith. <laughs> one of us is going to get uh, Brad Culpepper. <laughs> uh, one of us is going to get Troy Zan. Aren't you lucky? I think I feel pretty strongly about this. One of these guys, I have number 16 on my board. The other, I have number 20. Uh, do, yeah. you want, do, you, do you want to say anything about this before I make my pick? I know. I don't care who you pick. I think America has clearly stated that they do not want to see either of these players back again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. In the strongest terms, they literally voted for these players to not come back. One of them, though, I feel like is going to really eat up a lot of airtime for every week that they're on the screen. I think that neither of them have a shot to win the game, but one of them, I think, will dominate the screen time in terms of asserting their will on their tribe. And that person, to me, is Brad Culpepper, who I felt like, from a television standpoint, was a fun person to root against for four episodes in Survivor Blood versus Water, where Troy Zan, I don't feel like is going to be, you know, owning the narrative. Sure, in a season where there's Kim Spradlin and not much, and Tarzan and not much else going on after the merge. Can I ask you a serious question? Sure. Spain? Why is Troy Zan a returner? And why has he been in contention to return so many seasons? He was a I character. That, and... He has an unbreakable spirit, which does not take no for an answer. But like, 
were there any confessionals that we got from him? What he was like, was he other than this is my island? What is he giving us? Conflict. I think that he's like an agreeable enough guy in real life. But I think that at some point there will be a, an alliance that he is not in that is wanting to do something. And he will get into a screaming match with that other alliance in ways that many of the other people on this list are not going to get into. So there is going to be conflict and drama like the the episode that he gets voted out. I don't think he's not going out kicking and screaming. I think that that, that's what what they look for is one of the things. Okay. Conflict. That's why Brad is back. That's why both of these guys are here. They're going to fight with the other players. But Brad actually controlled the first few episodes Mm -hmm. he was in. Yeah. Oh, I think Troy Zan had some power. I I think he's a better player than Brad. Really? Really? Or maybe I should watch One World again. (laughs) No, don't do that. That's crazy to say. I I I agree. I think Troy Zan's a better player than Brad. Yes. 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 I think he's got a better head for the game than Brad does. I I still don't think he can win. But Okay. And I will say in defense of Brad Culpepper, the Monica thing is sort of wonky in terms of that, you know, if you if you take everything he says as canon, he's acting a certain way because he's trying to uh, watch out for Monica, do what's for Monica. He feels like he didn't get to play his own game uh, in Blood versus Water. How can he compete against the people that are on the other tribe? He's got to vote out loved ones or people that don't have loved ones to try to protect Monica on the other side of things. Uh, Troy Zan. There, you know, there's a point, I think, going down to like the final nine or so, uh, you know, uh, where he's trying to mount a counter resistance to uh, Kim and Kim, you know, run circles around what Troy Zan is, is doing there. I mean, he had something going on. I don't know if Brad necessarily is going to, you know, post merge be able to be, you know, a, at least attempting to go toe to toe with Kim Spradlin. Mm-hmm. He was very outmanned uh troy zan but maybe maybe in a perfect world he could do so i think he could do more than he's more dangerous to win than brad i think is there any kind of a savage comparison in here and if so what who's more like savage mm-hmm. i would say brad uh, i agree i think brad is more like savage keeve yeah brad is more like savage he also has like this sort of successful outside the game they actually have the same profession although they do uh, very different things with that profession <laughs> i you know to me by the way, I actually think I'm not a Troy Zan fan at all, but I do think, you know, you spoke to him at length uh, a year ago or, or maybe two mm-hmm. years ago now. And he was mu- I know he impressed you uh, a lot more than you. Th- you know, you probably thought like, OK, it's Troy Zan. But he really, uh, you know, had a lot to say. He, Go he's back maybe and listen. Not, yeah. You may, maybe that would be worthwhile for people if they're if, you know, they haven't had enough of it after this podcast. But I think, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I do think that maybe there's more there than we think. He he does love the game, right? I think he's he spent his entire you know last fifteen years of his life uh, trying to get on the show, and I do think he really wants it. I don't know how that translates. Also, I didn't realize that he's fifty four. He's mm-hmm. the oldest guy out here. That's you know he he oh, seems he really? much younger. Yeah. Okay. I knew he was older. I didn't realize he was the oldest guy this time. Yeah, I do feel that he's 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 got a good, decent understanding of the game. I think he just can't see how to get that into practice. He doesn't have the social, he gets too caught up in events out there. He's too competitive. He gets too frustrated and angry. I think that's where he falls down. It's not his understanding of the game. It's just, he, he can't keep it together. Okay. So Brad Culpepper is my pick. Do you want to speak any more to your boy, Troy Zan Akiva? (laughs) I mean, I'm stuck with him. Uh, I was hoping Brad would be my uh, insurance pick, but I guess it's Troy Zan. I think that, he has no chance to win. He will get a lot of confessionals when he's, while he's there. 
you know, if you're really trying to to even come up with some scenario where he finishes in like fourth or fifth, because I don't yeah. see in, that there's any way he makes it to final tribal. It's that, you know, maybe he learned something from Kim Spradlin. Like if I had one question to ask Troy Zen, I w- it would be like, what did you what did you learn from Kim? And you may have even asked them this question. And I just forgot. It. Like, yeah. what did you learn from Kim that you could implement into your game playing with the goat? Which I think he probably I think I, if I remember now, his answer, like he first of all, he's like, oh, she's not so good. But um, yeah, I think it was, that kind of like was. <laughs> it's, it's like what is like because I, I do think like the internet Survivor fans think that Kim Spradlin's the best player ever, and I you know I don't know if the casuals like Troy Zen really have the same <laughs> opinion. But uh, well, I, I'll tell you what the scenario is where he gets to that point of you know final four, final five is that if we go back to this idea of the bro down, I mean I think that there's a, a non-zero chance here also that that the Troy Zans of the world, the Brads. Ozzy's, JT, Malcolm, maybe throw Tony in there, Beast Mode Cowboy. These guys oh say like, hey, let's do this. Let's do this. You and, think and he would go along with the bro down? I think that he would say yes to oh, it. No. Okay. I think that maybe he's, he, that he becomes our, our hope to sort of undermine it from <laughs> yes. the inside. Uh, Shereen, what I, week do you stop watching the show yeah, if that happens? Yeah, I was going to say, and then, and then this goes on to become the season Shereen stops watching Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my big concern. But I think Brad and Troy Zan have to be on opposite tribes. You can't have them on the same tribe shortly. Mm -hmm. That sounds fair. So, um, but yeah, I think both of them will try and initiate that strategy. Let's gather up all the guys. For the record, this was Brad's strategy in Blood versus Water. That was the five, the group of five that he wanted to do back then. Four guys and a gay guy. Yeah. Yeah, he and he said, I believe he's like, you know, I watch Survivor and I see guys like Cochran win the game. Like that's not happening here. Uh, <laughs> I would need all these guys to bro down. Uh, Shroyzan was in an all male alliance. Malcolm tried to get the all male alliance going after the merge. So I do think, I mean, uh, that Ozzy was allies with Jim Rice and uh, and Keith uh, of, of Keith and Whitney. And not to mention, they all just saw season thirty two where the women overthrew the men as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, Shereen, did you have any? <laughs> and and JT, not to mention, you know that they had yeah. this thing going on with Steven and Tyson and Coach. Sure, Deb, you know Debbie was there too, but they would talk about the Warriors Alliance. Right. So uh, that look, this is not a foreign concept to you know five or six of these different guys. Shereen, do you have any like? Can you talk about any sort of like pregame alliance or contact you had with Brad or Troy Zan and like your impressions of them? Oh, I can tell you from uh, from second chances. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Troyzan called almost every single male on the ballot on the ballot. Oh, really? So whatever, 16 men or whatever. Yeah. I was actually at Mike's house when Troyzan reached out to him oh one day. And then like Joe had also said that he had also touched base with Troyzan. Troyzan was like, and the Troyzan was going around saying like, we can't trust these women. Don't let them get together. Mm-hmm. And oh. the men have got to stick together. And like he was actively pregaming then. If he was doing that then, I would not be surprised at all if he was still doing it now. So what you're telling me is there's going to be Women's Alliance paranoia from day one and I'm going to be tearing my hair out. Okay, great. Well, it's the kind of thing that maybe, you know, that if the guys are going to bro down, it could force the women to come together. Especially like That's how it always happens. People are always worried about the Women's Alliance, but it's because the men decide, oh, no, there's going to be a Women's Alliance. We have to get together. And then the women are forced to do it. Did I mention that uh, Beast Mode Cowboy was in an all-male alliance in uh, Big Brother 16? What do you you call Victoria? Hold on. Bomb Squad. How dare you you forget Victoria? Caleb was in a women's alliance in Kurung. 
Not really, so, though. He was actually, he was, he I mean, was the fo- it, actually in Korong. He was just clueless as to what was going on. He was mostly broing down with the guys. And then we got the scene of him being like, well, I guess I'm also willing to go with the ladies. Whatever. Yeah, we don't know don't what would have happened, yeah. do we, sir? But okay. you have to think even Caleb would not want to go to rocks if he could just be the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Uh, then anything else in terms of our, our draft? Do you want to just run down the teams one more time? Sure. Just give it yeah, here. I wanna... All right, here's the okay. review. Here, here's the review of everybody that's left. Okay, Akiva's team is started off with JT, then uh, has Andrea and Sierra and Sarah uh, and Troyzan. I want to short his stock. You want to short whose stock? Akiva's. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think you have a bad team. No. <laughs> Are, are you going to give a we to make trades? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I might then, trade, but I'll trade Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> Not for Troy's hand. Yeah. Well, you could trade. You could trade him to Mr. Freeman, Sarah. Oh, uh, yeah. I can right. trade Aussie to Mr. Freeman. No problem. <laughs> all right. Sarah, uh, you have, you start off with Sari. Yep. Then you had Haley Ford. Okay. And then uh, you went with Ty. Yep. Beast Mode Cowboys, you have the tie and no, stolen kiss Caleb. alliance. Ooh, <laughs> uh, and Ozzy. Okay. I, I can go with that. All right. Decent. Decent. All right. We talked about the Shireen team before her last pick, but just to reset that, that is the season 33 male, followed by Malcolm, followed by Jeff Varner, followed by Sierra Don Thomas, and the season 33 female. Strong. Okay. I, I, li- I like that. And then Rob's team is Team TV. We started off with Tony. <sighs> Best pick. No. Then we have Sandra, Tony and Sandra. Also good. Then wow. Aubrey. That's good. Then, then, good. then it sort of falls off the table Ooh. a little bit. Uh, Debbie and Brad Culpepper. I don't think you have a weak one in the bunch, though. Well, well Brad is I weak. Think- Brad is already at home, Shireen. Brad- <laughs> Brad's not on the island anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brad, except- Brad is having, he's getting five confessionals every week that he's out there. I think, yeah. except for Aubrey, or maybe even Aubrey, I think the others all have a high upside of going home. I think that's your weakness. But like, other than yeah, that. Brad's getting Jeff Varner voted out for, and then like maybe one other person before then, like the same exact thing happens to him, like in Blood versus Water, where then he gets voted out like third or fourth episode. You are potentially getting points every week for confessionals. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. where that's where this team is built on solid ground. Yeah, it is. Ooh. Okay. Jealous. <laughs> All right. That's our draft. That's our draft. And, and one day people will hear this conversation. Maybe. One day. <laughs> One day, we, maybe. Make it, we have to make it till January. Do you want to, in case something happens, dude, do you want to like email it the link to one of us so we can post it? <laughs> yes. Are we all yes. going to give our permission that this can be released in the event? <laughs> I'll circle back with you guys in January. Uh, any, Kiva, who won the Super Bowl? Ooh, uh, the, the Steelers beat the Carolina Panthers. Oh, it didn't happen yet. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. This is like going to be like mid January. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Carolina in the Super Bowl. Did the Jets make the playoffs? Uh, they went two and 14, Rob. Uh, I'm good. That's, I'm is, excited about that. Is the UK still the part of the EU? Oh, who cares? Sarah? <laughs> I care. <laughs> I, I don't know about the Brexit. Put in my vote. The hashtag for the podcast is uh, hashtag Brexit. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Brexit. <laughs> and then, Shereen, do you have any other uh, hot takes you want to drop for January? Uh, first female president. Okay. All right. So, Woo! all right. Oh, Jill Stein, baby. So. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, uh, I can't wait to listen to this podcast on my iPhone 7. Oh, and so your excited. hoverboard. And- I- iPhone, <laughs> iPhone 7 Plus, even. Wow. 
Very exciting. Very exciting stuff has happened in in our worlds and and uh, real life. Hope everybody is doing well in the year 2017. Uh, what is yeah. the hashtag, Shireen? Besides Brexit. <laughs> oh, you know I I'm not good being put on the spot like this. Uh... I thought you were. Rob, what if everyone hashtags the team they think is going to win? So, like, hashtag okay. Team Shireen, Team That's Rob, good. Team Sarah. That's good. Team okay. All right. Uh, team Rob, Team Shireen, Team Sarah, Team Keev. Uh, of course, uh, you could follow Akiva on Twitter. Akiva, are we still doing the Seinfeld podcast by the time this podcast goes on? If I was smart, I would have figured out what this week's episode was, but I just <laughs> thought plug, of it a second. Do you want to plug it if Akiva and I are still talking about Seinfeld? It was crazy Seinfeld? that our Soup Nazi episode actually beat uh, Serial Season 1 in total viewers. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Akiva is on Twitter at Keev26. Uh, Sarah is uh, hopefully still on Twitter at Chan and Sarah. Hashtag survivor with kids. Yes. <laughs> She's still doing that. <laughs> Might still be doing that too. If her, if her kids haven't graduated college by uh, by the time you guys hear this. And then uh, Shireen <laughs> is at the Shireen. Okay. And you You're still going to be tweeting by then? Yeah. You think so? Is Twitter going to be over yeah, by then? I, uh, Twitter's not doing so well, but I aggressively block people and it's life changing. Okay, boy. I've been telling Rob to unfollow everyone except Nicole. Can you work on that, Shireen? Tell, tell Rob that he should only follow one person. Why, why should he only? Oh, just so there's me. just the like one Ka- follow. No, Kanye like only Kanye follows style? Kim Kardashian. Yeah. So That's I feel good. like he should only If I was following him. one person on Twitter, I think I would find somebody with a little more uh, interesting things to say than probably Nicole. Be Tyson. Right. <laughs> I, no, it sounds yeah. like it would be Tony. He's in love with Tony. Tony. No, Tony oh, yeah. deleted his tweets. Oh, he deleted yeah. his Twitter. It's coming back. Yeah. He's going to be he's going to be slinging insults in a few weeks at uh at, you know, blessed, whoever this season Spencer and Cass are. If we're blessed, we'll get he's fireside going chats. He's tweeting you yeah. any at any moment once this podcast airs to thank you, Rob. So. Right. This I, should be called Fireside Draft. I mean, this is the opposite of the two approaches to this. You have Jeff Varner, who is tweeting as we speak on, on Twitter <laughs> while the season is being filmed. You have Tony Vlacos, who like completely deleted his account. And like there's no shred of anything he's ever tweeted or avatar or anything like that. But we know he was pre-gaming hard. There's no way Tony did anything. Of course. Than. But I feel like that uh, no need to be, you know, like focus on the game that's happening. Do yeah. you really think he was pre-gaming? He's not one to actually talk to people, though. He doesn't talk to any survivors. Oh, he, he must Spencer. have been Spencer. doing something. I mean, can you imagine Tony just sitting quietly and waiting for the game to start? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who no, knows? Can we can we add a bonus point for whoever gets fifty thousand dollars from Sia at the reunion <laughs> show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. Oh, uh, well, I'm feeling good about that because I've drafted Hypothetically, time. if it's season 33, male or female, that it happened in the finale that we just saw, does that count? Sure. Let's, okay. let's add, no, I don't have one of them, so no. Okay. <laughs> I'm in favor. I'm in favor. All right. Uh, should we, just to make it interesting, also, we t- that uh, first boot, do you want to call that right here? Sure. Uh, minus three. Okay. And minus I, three. Either, either Rob or I are getting that, that uh, minus three. Okay, uh, so let's just call, let's just call out our uh, pick for first boot. Just as uh, just for fun, this isn't part of the draft. Okay, all right, Sarah, who's the first boot of season thirty four? I hate to say it, Tony. Tony, oh, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Okay, Akiva, who's the first boot? Debbie Wenner. Debbie. Okay, I've made the case. I I, I feel like it's going to be Jeff Varner. I hope it's not. I hope I, I have not come off as anti Jeff Varner because I am. I am anything but anti Jeff Varner. I just feel like that he has a tough road to hoe here in season thirty four. Shireen, who is it? I hope this isn't the case, but 
Sandra. Sandra. Yeah. Ooh, I don't want any of those people to go first, but yeah. Mm. Wait, so who did who did everyone pick then? Can we do a summary of that? <laughs> <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> uh, for those of you guys on your iPhone 7, you could just go back 30 seconds for the summary, but it was. Uh, you had Sandra. I had Varner. Keeve ended up with Debbie. Debbie and Sarah picked Tony. All right, there you go. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this and waiting uh, patiently for something you didn't know was going to exist uh, to get all the way to the end. Uh, hope we're doing lots of fun stuff in 2017. Yep. Uh, be sure to check it all out if Robin's podcast still exists. Uh, yep. And um, all the best to you guys uh, in the future, all you millennials out there. I hope I make it. Okay. All right. How Take care, everybody. How much draft remorse are we going to have by this time when we've heard all the interviews? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we probably you won't can, even put it up. You can see the rest <laughs> of the preseason coverage to compare. <laughs> yes. All right, everybody. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.